Halo, halo, Sacred Icon listeners. We used to do ads for other people, but I decided, why don't we do one for ourselves? Whether you're here listening to us for the first time or you've heard every episode, I'd like to briefly tell you what we're about and how you can support us. We have been doing this podcast since 2019, and with that has come lots of changes. We started as a primarily Halo-only show, but have evolved, combat evolved, over the years to talk about a wide variety of things in the realm of nerd culture. As you can imagine, we've made numerous changes to our platforms, usernames, and emails over the years, so now is the time for me to set things right and give the Covenant back their bomb. You can join our Discord by clicking the link included on our podcast feed. You can also send us an email or a voice message at sacrediconpodcast at gmail.com. We have a YouTube channel at youtube.com slash sacredicon, and we no longer use Twitter or X or whatever else the kids are calling it these days. So if you see someone who looks like us there, just know it's not us. Lastly, you can support us on patreon.com slash sacredicon and receive a bevy of bonus content. We're so glad you chose us to be the voice in your ear on this particular day and hope you enjoy the episode ahead. There is no such thing as coincidence. The fact that you are hearing this message means that you are energetically aligned with Brian, myself, and this show. Halo, halo, everybody, and welcome to this sacred cast with the sacred boys on Sacred Saturday here at the Sacred Icon Podcast. Bang, 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 bang. We are here with episode 90, and it's great. Ten episodes away from 100 of a Halo episodes for you guys. That's amazing. That's amazing. I'm your co-host, Joshua Hargis, and join with me as always. You know what I'm going to say, guys. It's my buddy. It's my pal. It's my friend. It's the one who was told to go under a different name in the village of Bree, Brian Underhill. <laughs> that was pretty good, man. Thanks, Woo, buddy. I would love you to like say that, that was your first attempt, but behind the scenes, we know that it was not. <laughs> <laughs> there was no such. Fuck. There is no such. Yeah. Oh, man. Um, that. <laughs> man. So today's going to be a little bit of a different episode, guys. We don't know exactly where it's going to go, how it's going to go, but our goal is to play both sides, the positives and negatives to Halo, video games, and mental health working together. It's a very nuanced conversation. Um, I would like people to uh, walk away from this episode not feeling like video games are the best thing ever or the worst thing ever. I, I feel like you know too much of too much of a good thing is can always be bad. So I know there's lots of different ways to take this conversation. We'll just see where it goes. Be Hopefully nice, you guys relaxed. get some enjoyment out of it. Um, I'll start off by saying, Josh, uh, what one way that video games uh, are really helpful for mental health is I know sometimes when you're having a rough time, whether it's like a breakup with a relationship or something's going on in your family, I know, and Josh, you can share more when I get, get it over to you. Uh, I know like when your dog passed away and you got oblivion, um, I was That's right. Cool that you remember that. That's yeah. Very sweet, Brian. Thank you. Oh, you know, I listen because I love you, bro. I love you too, Brian. <laughs> Look at us here. Um, We're just but video games. Harmony. Yeah, video games can provide <laughs> a, a lot of help for your for your mental health. You know, helping mm-hmm. you cope with a loss or whether it's a loss of like someone passed away, something or uh, your dog passed away, or it's a loss of a relationship. I know Josh and I have used many different video games to to get through that stuff. Um, to just engage, like kind of just lock yourself in your room and then dive deep into that other world and just kind of uh, let your own worries go away. And I think there's um, something special to be said for video games over other media, even the way it works. It's different than other media, the way that you have that personal interaction and you can and you can engage with that. And I know, uh, I mean, Halo's, Halo's right up there with a, a bunch of other games that have been uh, so helpful to me. I just, the, the nostalgia and the comfort I get from like, 
entering back into combat evolved or something like that and just exploring and running around with the marines um it's just a really uh it's a really cool thing i think but, that's kind of the plus of nostalgia with some of the playing older games too like the replaying versus getting a new experience this is you remember that point in time like i can think about a couple games that i'm nostalgic for now but when i first played them you know i was you know everything else maybe surrounding my experience of that game was maybe bad but now I'm like nostalgic because maybe, you know, I guess somehow that game had a positive impact on me and I can go back and play that, relive those memories and feel good, you know? So it's definitely yeah, no, uh, it's something to say about comforting. nostalgia playing a part. Yeah. yeah for I think sure. nostalgia and comfort go together hand in hand. I think they're, they're kind of experienced at the same definitely. time. Um, but then there's also ways in which video games can be uh, very bad for your mental health. I know one example I've used before is like um, just how much hype I had. Actually, I can, I can apply it to two Halo games. I had the Halo 3, how I was so hyped for that game. The most hyped I'd been for anything in my entire life. Even to this day, still the most hyped I've ever been for something. And Halo 3 came out. It was a phenomenal game. Great modes, great multiplayer, great campaign, story, characters. It was so good. The music, awesome game. But I felt a little let down when that game came out. Uh, just because of how much of my expectations, how much of my personal joy and life and rent in my head went into the anticipation of that game. Luckily, Halo 3, you know, ended up being a very good game despite the fact that I overhyped it. But then you go over to Halo 5 where my my emotional reaction to Halo 5 I think is was unhealthy strong, like it was it was not healthy um because Do you I think had that this, one was the worst of the two. Um well, I mean, at not least that it Halo, matters, but yeah. I'm just, you know, since we always like to rank stuff. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing: with Halo Five, the expect the 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 sadness for Halo Five was earned because the game's story was very poor. So it was like it made sense why I felt bad. Halo Three didn't make sense because the game was so good. You know, it was like this isn't something you should be upset over. Just those high um, expectations. So, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. But with Halo Five, I just remember like putting so much. Um, joy and excitement and mental space in my head into the launch of that game that when it came out and it wasn't what I wanted it to be, it was very depressing. It was very sad. I drew insane conclusions that are not logical, like Halo's dead for me now. I can't like <laughs> Halo, you know, because this game story. I'm more laughing because it just I, ruined it. I was there. Yeah, was no, there. exactly. I mean, we've all been there with different things. If it's not Halo, it's, you know, it could be Star Wars. You know, Josh is, Josh, tell, talk us about, tell us about your experience when you walked out of The Last Jedi and how that made you feel. And this isn't a Last Jedi hate or Rise of Skywalker hate or sequel. No, Brian is the bigger hate. fan of, uh, of the yeah. two. Brian really loves that movie. I uh, it, I, yeah. it depends on the day for me. Lately, I'm like, ah, I don't, but, but I still enjoy that movie. So definitely not a hate train, like Brian said. Um, so. Uh, I was really hyped for that movie, and uh, I'd been hyped since episode seven. Uh, I knew that the plot had leaked for uh, Force Awakens prior to uh, anyone getting to see the movie, right? So knowing what was going to be in there, that ended up being correct. Um, it, it just made, even though I was very excited to see what Force Awakens looked like, uh, I was very excited to get more so to episode eight because of where that was leaving off. And then after all that buildup, I got to the movie and uh, just from the get-go, you know, like like in specific, it'll always stand out to me the the whole like joke that gets played out between Poe and Hux right at the beginning just really threw off the vibe. I was like, this is really too funny for a Star Wars movie. It's never Star Wars never kicks off with comedy. It's just weird to me. But and then it went into like got 
got to the Canto Bite stuff and I was like, hey, I don't know if I'm enjoying this. And I've never had that thought with uh, Star Wars before. I've never had to like pull myself out of the experience and, and ask myself that. And it just came to me naturally. So then after the movie... My friend Xavier, who I saw it with, is asking me about it. And I was like, I don't know if I liked it. And he's like, what? And I was like, I think I hated it. And then I think like a few a day or so later, I talked to Brian and talked to some other people. And I hated it. Like I was so mad and I wanted other people to hate it too. And I like fuel it. I was like manifesting negative toxic energy. And not like I wanted people to get mad and be like, you ruined my childhood and everything. But I was also kind of like. I kind of did feel that way, and it was a weird moment of uh, what. This is a new feeling for me. It was new for uh, that in a franchise yeah, that I, I also do. I think we can we can relate. I think most people can relate back to when they were kids, and like let's say you're you know let, let let's put ourselves in the shoes that Josh and I are both like you know nine and thirteen respectively. You know it, this is how the conversation usually went down. If I liked Last Jedi and Josh did, and I'd go, "Man, Last Jedi was a great movie," and then Josh would be like, "What?" Last Jedi was the worst movie ever. It was garbage. And then I'd be like, dude, it was so good. You're wrong. And then he'd be like, no, you were wrong. It was garbage. And then we would just be pissed at each other because we, because it's like Josh was saying, <laughs> on, more of an, on more of an adult level, Josh was saying like when he came out of Last Jedi, he was like, I want other people to feel like I feel so that I can rationalize and make sense of my feelings. It's not that he wants people to have a bad time. It's like, I, I want people to, I mean, if everyone's saying they love it, then I'm like, I feel alone. What did I miss here? Perfectly um, said, so, man. Yeah, so like, it's it's good now that, you know, as adults, we can go, like, for instance, uh, Last Jedi is my second favorite uh, Star Wars movie. It's either Josh's last or second to last favorite, I think. Uh, it's it's down there, for sure. Yeah, so we're pretty much a complete but opposite no sides. But in adulthood, I can go, totally get how that movie upsets you, how you didn't like its direction, and how... For you, it's like the bottom tier Star Wars. It doesn't bother me at all with it being my second favorite that Josh thinks it's bottom tier. We can just respect each other's opinions on that. Um, but I mean, it's important. I think it's important to you know, even if you don't understand it. I mean, the the emotions of the other person are valid. Their their thought process is valid. Somebody out there probably thinks the Mandalorian is the worst of Star Wars ever. And like for me and Josh and probably most of you listening, we're going, oh, how is that even possible? Mandalorian is so good. But someone out there really doesn't resonate with it. And they're not wrong, you know, like they're just, that's just their their thoughts and emotions on it. But I think, did I, do you have more to say on that, Josh, before I... Well, I'll just say actually yeah. going off the Mandalorian Take part that, I mean, it, it, it makes you think sometimes because we don't often take into account just where that gets to like let's say for example this guy out there who hypothetically just does not vibe with the mandalorian at all all that stems from a whole different life a whole different upbringing all these different yeah. experiences all culminating in what this person can enjoy what this person finds interesting finds stimulating hates loathes uh finds boring uh and so on so uh that's that's why i like with brian and, and honestly guys i got a lot of it from brian uh, was was being able to kind of have that objective subjective discussion where we can kind of take ourselves out of the fact that someone might disagree with us and not get offended by that and then have that conversation because Brian from the get-go like the first one of the first things he asked me was like what's your favorite movie of all time and I was like the Goonies and he was like okay he's like I, I can't remember what Brian said verbatim you can interject if you remember for sure but Brian said something along the lines of like either I haven't seen it or, or I've seen it. It's not that, you know, I've, it's pretty good, but I don't really care for it too much. Well, for me, that's my favorite film of all time. 
but it didn't bother me that Brian didn't seem super enthused about. See what, I, what I'm guessing I had to say because I, I grew up I grew up watching the Goonies and I really liked the Goonies. What I'm guessing I had to say, going off of what you said, was probably along the lines of I like it, but it's nowhere near that level for me. Yeah. Well, through that, you you showed me, like, hey, I'm just so you know, like, I'm not going to be as jazzed about this as you are, but I can totally talk about this. I've seen the movie. Yeah, no, I mean, I just actually just put on Letterboxd, which I'm sure most of you probably know, but it's a place where you can, like, put your own, like, little reviews and ranks for movies. Social media for films. Yeah, and you rank you rank uh, out of five stars what you gave a movie, and I watched The Suicide Squad that just came out. Oh, and I rating. What was it? I, well, I didn't enjoy the movie really at all. Didn't really like it at all. I gave it a three and a half and said it was a pretty good movie uh, with good direction, despite the fact that I didn't really like it at all because, you know, and that doesn't, it doesn't mean that, like, I know the facts or anything, but I can. I feel like I can try to remove my bias and be like, you know, why the, the reasons I didn't like the movie wasn't really because the movie had poor writing or poor direction or poor pacing or poor characters or anything. I just didn't like it. You know, I just personally didn't really like it. Didn't resonate with me. But that doesn't make it bad. So it's like, it's an, it's important to to acknowledge the difference between how you how you feel and kind of what you know. Um, it's, and even for us who like the two of us feel like we were pretty good at that. Sometimes it seeps together and there's crossover and you can't, you can't help it. You try to, you try to keep that out. Um, but sometimes you can't. Um, but yeah, no, another, another aspect I was going to say of, of how games and, and, and you know, Halo, Halo, we're saying Halo because that's just specifically kind of where we are on social media, Halo specific. But like, mm-hmm. um, another issue I've noticed is how much like we hang on, every little detail, every little word that comes out about Halo. And it can apply mm-hmm. to other video games as well, or even movies or, or TV shows or whatever. But, like, you know, we get so caught up on, um, you know, uh, well, okay, so they just announced the thing about the shaders and the colors. <laughs> we always it's go like, back to the shaders. That was yeah. so bad. Well, because that's, like, all the information we had. And it was, like, this yeah. huge blow up for days. It's, like, if you can take a step back from, and it's even okay if you think the shaders are complete bullshit. That's that's fine. That's a valid opinion. Right. But if you take a step back from what you're doing and just kind of look around at your reality, you're like, okay, here I am deep on a social media platform um, getting very upset and heated and emotional about a aspect of color customization in a game that's a year away. And you, if you just really kind of think about that, you, you realize that you've gone so deep into something that's really not that important i mean it's worth i'm not saying it's not worth talking about i'm not saying it can't be addressed but like should that have an emotional effect on us not really probably right you know? it's it's this effect of getting older where you hear like the term neckbeards come into play with the, with a lot of guys out there uh it's because we used to enjoy these things when we when we were young and we just took them as they were we didn't know better we didn't want for more because we didn't have access to this worldwide web you know, maybe some of you guys are younger, you know, maybe some of you, you did, but for a lot of you older people around Brian and I's age, uh, you'll know what I'm talking about. You know, you, you know, sometimes I didn't know a Star Wars game was out. I would just see it in the store and I thought, oh shit, you know, or something like that, you know, and vice versa with Brian with some things, but you know, everyone gets older and suddenly they hold on so tightly to these things. And it's like that 38 special song. You hold on, what hold on loosely. Don't let go. If you cling too tightly. Uh, you're going to lose control. And I feel like that applies to life so much because it's just like, you know, people cling on so tightly to these things like Halo with these shaders. And it's like eh, people sometimes have a habit like 
with Halo especially, we notice more and more being in the Halo community. And we say this, you know, just in general, whether it's Twitter, whether it's like, you know, the Waypoint forums, I mean, just anywhere out there, Reddit even, you know, uh, uh, it's not NeoGAF anymore. What's the other one? Oh, Resetera. thank you. You know, you notice a lot of people that get so make and break over every minuscule thing. It's like, oh, how's the font? <laughs> you know, what's the what's the sound it makes when you hit options? You know, I mean, it could be something yeah. like that, for example. And it's like, when we were kids, we didn't care about that stuff. If anything, we got nostalgic over those things. I mean, think about how many of you feel nostalgia over the original Xbox dashboard and how creepy... Uh, creeped out you might have gotten when you heard those weird voices occasionally talking in the background but yet you're nostalgic for it right so you get older and suddenly you get you cling too tightly to these things that 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 came from your youth that remind you of better days perhaps and you just get mad at everything and you can't seem to get excited and then when you do start to get excited you're almost like waiting for the other shoe to drop so it kind of creates this really bad uh, aspect of like anxious excitement where it's like you feel you know if they do one thing wrong then it's like oh they betrayed it or they killed it or they they've really thrown off the momentum of this entire franchise i've loved you know when things like the shaders it, it immediately people went back on the hay train for halo infinite and it was like damn you know i mean inter- interject anytime brian but even, I mean, even though i mean i'm even seeing now with like with halo infinite there's plenty of people i would say it's probably the minority but there's plenty of people going like this sucks. Like they're not referencing like the Cortana created stuff from Halo right. Five, or they're not. There's no didact. Like they just completely abandoned those plot lines, and and I'm and they're so upset about it. And, like it takes up this mental space in your head. You're sad. You're emotional about this thing before it's even come out. And it's like it, it kind of like with Josh when he went to see Last Jedi. It's probably like he was okay with the story going a myriad of ways, but he had some expectations of what Luke would do, what Luke would be like some things that would go down. He'd have like a general semblance and then he watches the movie and he's like, okay, none of that was there. Like none of that's none of the semblance of what I thought was there. And it's like, you're mad at it. Um, and in some, once again, it's completely okay to not like that movie to even think it's a bad movie. And maybe that's even true, but you know, you had so much emotion and mental state wrapped up into it. You know, and I, um, I think another aspect that I kind of wanted to touch on is just um, social media in general when it comes to video games and, and just uh, just being in that pool can be really unhealthy for some people. I would argue that on some level it's unhealthy for everyone, including myself and Josh. Um, but I see people on there that get, you know, they get so upset or so aroused by something um, or somebody says something really negative to them and they take it extremely personally, which <laughs> that's understandable. I mean, people say negative stuff about Sacred Icon all the time and sometimes it's hard to just like not think about it at all um but yeah when that happens how how does that make you feel well i mean it it, it depends i think what i think what really and this is what kind of one of the things i want to get to i think what really sucks is when multiple people say the same thing or rally around uh hating on you or hating something like one comment and people tend to get because yeah because if one person says you know your guys's content is garbage it honestly doesn't affect me at all because I immediately assume if you took the time to just say that, you're an asshole. And I don't, your opinion doesn't mean anything to me. You're one guy being an asshole. But if somebody says, you know, um, these guys are so annoying, and then 1,000 people like that, then you start to go, okay, there's a lot of people saying this. There must be some truth to this now. And 
There's multiple ways you can take that. Um, sometimes when a lot of people tell you something, um, hopefully it's constructive, but sometimes when a lot of people tell you something and you don't believe it, there are times where you need to do a self-evaluation and go, wait a minute, maybe there's something wrong with me I do need to fix. But then there's plenty of other times where even if it seems like it's obje- like something's really bad about you, let's say, let's say you're in high school and everyone's like, You've heard five different people say you're not that you're not an attractive person, you know, in the hallway, or maybe right to your face, mm-hmm. you know, like oh Brian, he's just ugh, he's not very attractive, or Brian's man, a I wish he dude. Could, you guys have or all maybe, seen these pictures, or maybe I wish I wish this dude could lose some weight, or I wish she was, you know, I wish her she wasn't so pale, and you hear it from like two, three, four, five people, and then it mm-hmm. cements in your head as truth now because multiple people have said that this is the case and now you just go okay well that's the facts like your 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 brain almost forgets that it's just five people like you go that's the fact i am too fat i am too pale i am not attractive enough because four or five people said it or a thousand people like to tweet on twitter and then you gets in your head and you can get really emotional you can get really upset um thinking that that's the fact of the matter and it's just not because it doesn't take it's it's actually not that hard for multiple people to rally around a, a criticism or say something bad about you um, it, it doesn't mean that it's the truth. Have you ever had no. an experience like that, John? Absolutely. Plenty of times. Um, and nothing in specific coming to mind at the moment, but I mean, I've had so many times where people will say stuff, you know, that, that one person will say, and then maybe I can talk to someone else and say, can you believe this asshole? And they'll be like, well, and then you're like, well, fuck, you know? And then yeah. you think about it more. And you know, the, the problem with that stuff is, is, you know, when, when sometimes it, all it takes is one person. You know, that's all it takes. You know, honestly, if, if Brian and I were just starting out and all we got was like a na- you know, one of our first comments was a negative comment that would hurt way more because we don't, you know, like right now we have the support of you guys to really counterbalance, you know, for every one hateful comment we might get, we have you guys saying you guys are awesome or we love you guys or whatever, you know, awesome things you guys say. And that that's a huge boost. But then sometimes when you get people that rally around that kind of stuff. Uh, it does start to hurt because you feel like it's it's confirming, you know, what this one person said. It's sort of like manifesting this opinion into existence as a fact now. And the thing about that is, is in general, we we as people tend to forget that just because it feels real doesn't make it reality, right? Yeah. So I mean, and actually, believe it or not, believe it or not, this you know this idea for this episode wasn't because of anything Josh or I was experiencing. It was. Uh, I mentioned doing it to Josh uh, because this is this this uh, I was on Twitter and I've seen different people struggle in different ways and I'm just yeah. like I wish there was a way that I could shout out to those people in the community um, without just being another comment on their tweet you know what I mean because yeah. so many times somebody's going through something you get a bunch of people on Twitter that are commenting and a lot of times they're in good faith they're saying great things but if you know if you get ten people saying more or less the same thing. It kind of just washes off you. You don't take it seriously as much. Um, and I, I, yeah, I think it's like, I don't know. I've been in this, I've been in the position before in my life where due to, see, there's something set, someone yeah, said, said or something I did. What's that? You said doo-doo. Doo-doo? Uh-huh. Yeah. Continue on. Sorry, Brian. I love you, man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Josh is here to break up the, if we ever get too, uh, too deep or emotional. No, I Josh love would it. Be like, yeah, no. Let's get deep. Let's get deep. <laughs> um, no, but I've been in situations where it's because I did something or or somebody said something where I thought for a moment, I thought, man, I am really just a piece of shit. Like that's I'm, it's in my head for a day or several days where I'm just like, I am garbage. I am scum. Uh, worms. Or what were they saying? What was that in Hercules? We are worms. 
Yeah, you just feel awful, and you get you get caught up in your head. And I think I think that's where people a lot of times people end up like hurting themselves and stuff because they get it so convinced that they are worse uh, for this plant for this world than they are beneficial to be here. Hmm. Um, and I just I just hope that uh, people can turn them help can turn themselves around when they get into those thoughts or or realize. Hopefully, if you if you've had that issue and you're listening to this, you can realize that. That doesn't mean it's the truth. That doesn't mean it's the problem. And maybe, and once again, there's that, there's always that other side of things. Sometimes we do have problems that many people say to us um, is an issue, and we do need to fix it. The only one difference I'd say there is usually those people say it lovingly or constructively. I think that's kind of where you need to take it from. If everyone's telling you you're a garbage person, but they're 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 not your friends or they're they're assholes or whatever. Maybe don't listen to that one as much. But if you have some good people in your life or some nice people saying, hey, you know, I kind of noticed you're like this. Um, one thing I've been really noticing more since I've been married, and it's 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 going to seem silly probably even to Josh because like, of course you are, Brian. But I've always kind of been a little bit in denial my whole life of my stubbornness. Um, my parents would say I'm so stubborn or whatever, or my grandma, and I'd be like, you know, these are just older adults in my life wanting to just give me crap, you know, but then I get married. <laughs> As older and then, adults do. Yeah. And then I get married and then Erica's like, he's so stubborn. And then like Erica talks to my mom and like, oh yeah, Brian's very stubborn. Like, you know, he's, <laughs> he's got his mind made up. And I'm like, mm-hmm. in that moment, I'm like, for a moment, I'm like, no, I'm not. It's not true. There's no way that's true. It can't be true. Hey, y'all don't uh, say that. And then, uh, and then, and then I kind of, you know, as time goes on and more and more people realize that I'm like, okay, maybe I am kind of stubborn, you know, and maybe I can do some things to improve that, even if it takes a long time and it's a slow growth. That's okay. And it, and it does, it, usually it, it hurts a little too when you even have to realize that there's something about you you need to change. Like, even if it's a good thing to change, sometimes it still hurts to like accept that. But those are, those are like versions of good, good things. You know well, what I'm I saying? I think what a lot of that stems from is that internally you as a person you know you want to be self-aware and when someone says something like that it throws you into shock a bit because you think how could i not know this how did i not notice this about myself and you know when a lot of people say that about whatever you know like the stubbornness for example for you it's like then hearing a couple voices say it you start to think man well i'm one person they're kind of outnumbering me Mm-hmm. How and then you want to get into that headspace and you want to think, okay, how could I how could I see that way, uh, or how, how can I see where they're coming from with that, right? But then sometimes where it's good in Brian's case, it helps make you more self aware. In some cases, it's not true, and it sends yeah. you down this deep spiral of feeding into this because you're you're trying to find a way to confirm what this person said, almost to validate it, and that's what ends up happening, and that just sends you down this really negative spiral Mm -hmm. and i think when it comes to stuff like twitter when it comes to stuff like halo in life in general i guess this applies to everything brian and i talking right now right this is easy it's i don't even think about what it takes to make the words come out of my mouth it is so easy for us as humans to say negative things to leave a negative comment online because we don't have to worry about the person knocking on the door and confronting us. It is so easy to say you hate something, to talk shit about somebody, to trash talk someone on Xbox Live, to say your content's whack, uh, whatever, you know. But for some reason in life, it's much harder to give compliments. But when you do, 
something really magical happens and you see how much it means to people. Sometimes you don't know, you know, I can think of so many times, like I'll give you guys an example since we're kind of, we're, we're a little, we focused on the negative a bit. I'll switch it over. There was one time with a stepdad at the time I had where he was doing semi truck driving, like doing deliveries and stuff. And I went with him on this trip out to Wisconsin. Right. And he got, he got real sick and he had to go to the hospital. He had like some internal bleeding and stuff. I'm really young and I don't like, I don't, I'm not good with addresses. I'm not good with phone numbers or anything. Like I'm just naive to the world in a lot of ways. So I wake up, I'm next to him, you know, on the, I'm sitting in a hospital uh, chair and whatever. And I'm, I'm next to him while he's in the hospital bed. He's all doped up and everything. And he's out and I go up and I call my mom and she's like, holy, you know, she's like, what, <laughs> you know? Uh, cause she didn't even know. Cause he just went to the ER and everything. Well, then, uh, I go back after talking to her and I just try to sleep in that chair. Well, this random nurse comes in and I'll never forget. She comes in and she wakes me up and she leads me to this room and all it was, was it was just a room that had a couch in there and she brought me a blanket and she said, you can go sleep in here. And I just went to sleep and I just remember feeling so like safe and so like uh, thought of and um, I felt I was so scared like I didn't know where I was and he's out, you know, the one adult that I'm looking to, mm-hmm. you know, is, is kind of out of commission, so to speak. So this one person stepped in and, and made that nice gesture. And even though she doesn't know that to this day, I always think about that. And I always think about the effect that had on me, how that made me feel. It's like that Maya Angelou quote that I'm paraphrasing, but it's like people will forget what you did for them. They'll forget um, what it looked like or something like that, but they'll never forget the way you made them feel. And that applies to both positive and negative. So it's so hard for some reason. Like, you know, I can walk across the street and I can see a dude wearing a cool ass halo hat and I can think, Oh my God, I do a halo podcast with my friend. I love halo, but maybe I won't say anything. And it's like, why not? You know, yeah, but yet, I mean, I th- but yet I turn around, I'll say this real quick and then go ahead and jump in. But for some reason, if this guy across the street, you know, was, uh, he got he splashed mud over at me or something, you know, it'd be so easy for me without second thought to be like, Hey buddy, fuck you, you know, and be really <laughs> mad. But for some reason it's, it would, you know, it takes much more effort to, to be kind, but go ahead and chime in, Brian. Well, I think a lot, I think a lot of times we don't compliment someone or say something nice because we think, uh. Either they they won't care that much, or it won't mean that much to them, or you know why waste the breath? I mean they're not, they're not doing anything wrong, so why say anything? <laughs> you know it's kind of what we're thinking about. Um, but and, and two, but a lot of times you know that can turn someone's whole entire day around if you say something nice or or give them a compliment on something. And and you don't. The thing is, I think we don't know that because usually most people aren't, in myself included. I mean Josh, I'd say Josh is probably the best at it I've ever met, actually. But you're not very. Most people are not very good at showing their appreciation back in a way that makes you realize how much it. Like if somebody, if I'm walking down the street and you know um, this, uh, I don't know, this woman says, and then well, that's probably not the best example. Not in a like, uh, not in a flirting way, but this woman just says, you know, you're a real sharp looking guy. She just Mm -hmm. says that to me. I'm gonna be like, wow, okay, thank you so much. Yeah, I appreciate that. You know, and that's all she's gonna hear out of me. But really, I'm probably going to go, it's going to be eight hours later in that day. And I'm still thinking, man, I'm a sharp looking guy. She's actually, you know, but it's hard to convey how much that improved my mood or how much that meant. 
in words. And that's most all it takes. Time. So, so to that woman, she probably didn't think much more about it. She's like, oh, yeah, I told that guy you're a sharp-looking guy. And yeah, he said, thank you, appreciate it. You know, he was nice, but, you know. But, like, this is where Josh would go, oh, well, thank you. Let me give you three paragraphs about how this makes you feel. So Josh is really good about it. But most of the time, you know, but then you get more of a reaction. You get more drama out of negativity. And this is something I also thought would be this is something I want to hit on. I think it would be very important is let's let's uh, I want to give I want to give hope for the people that were being assholes on purpose and they know it and they feel bad about it now or they regret it. Um, if you're somebody who has uh, either talked a lot of crap to someone on Twitter or maybe in person, you were mean to your friend, you ripped him off, you said something bad. I mean, let's just say you did something wrong and you know it. Or even let's say you're in a community online, whether it's Twitter community, Halo community, uh, different video game community, whatever, and you've really made a bad name for yourself because you screwed up and you know it and you did it on purpose. Like, let, I mean, you can even say like, uh, even if you were somebody who was like going around on Twitter to different Halo people and being like, your content sucks, I'm way better than you. Let's Someone just say you a were troll or self sabotaging. Yeah. Let's yeah, let's just say you were you were pretty shit and you know that. Um, but you regret it and you're, you're, you're sad that you've, you've got to this place. You want to know how you can improve yourself. You want to know if there's any turning around for you. The answer is completely yes. Um, is it, is it possible that in that particular community or those particular people, you're not going to be able to make yourself have the same reputation that you did beforehand? That's definitely possible, but that doesn't, that's not like a, that's not a damnation. You know what I'm saying? Like that's not the end. Um, you can completely move on, improve yourself, you know, kind of repent of the things you did wrong to say you're sorry for them. And you can still be good. You don't have to. And I know those people, uh, either, either those people you were mean to or the people who were watching you be mean to this person, a lot of times they'll want to hold it against you because they remember when you were a butthead. They remember when you sucked and they want to, they want to keep reminding you of how awful you were, um, I hope you know that at that point, they're also doing something wrong because now they're being awful to you. And I know they might say, well, he deserved it because of the way he or she acted, but it is not beneficial to to have a hate train on this person. You know what I mean? Um, so yeah, if, you, if you're in that camp where you've really screwed up in the past, either with a friend or a community or whatever, um, and that sits with you, I, I don't know. I hope I'm making sense, but I coming from my perspective. You are making sense, Brian. Yeah, if, coming from my perspective, like if I know I've done someone or some people wrong, and I've built a bad reputation around those people, it can sit in my head for a long time. Like, man, I am such a piece of shit. Like, I can't believe I did that, and it's like that was so wrong. And you try to rationalize with yourself why you did it. Well, that's it. But in the end, but in the end, you come down to the conclusion: No, I was just wrong. I was just being a dick. I was. But that doesn't mean that you now are forever. That doesn't mean you're beyond hope. Like, I feel like we, like, that's the thing, man, is like, you know, sometimes people bring on their own problems. Like, if you're out there being a dick, you bring on your own problems. Yeah, that is you. But then what happens is your mental space, your brain, your depression, your emotions, whatever, it gets in there and it, like, it rots to the core. It makes it way worse. It spreads it throughout. And sometimes because you let your mental, uh, your, your, how do I want to put it? Like your, your mental state gets a hold of you and it makes things far worse than it ever was. Some people you need medication for that. Other people just probably just need to have a, a better outlook. Um, I know like I myself have medication for depression just because I get, I can get really sad or obsessive about things in ways that are, are not controlled because, you know, serotonin levels are out of mix and that's why I take medication for that. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but a lot of times things aren't as bad as they seem. It's just your mind kind of screwing with you. Um, and I just, I don't know. I think we don't talk about that stuff enough. And I know that's that's something in my lifetime, or in our lifetime, I should say, we've seen that increase a lot more. Awareness for mental health, awareness for people struggling. Um, I wish, I just wish we talked about it more. Because like I said, like, if, if you feel like you're beyond repair, or you've made a mistake so you can't ever move on from, you totally can. Just start anew. Just don't be that way anymore. And if somebody comes into your life from when you were a butt and they said like, hey, you, you know, I can't stand you, dude. You were such an ass to me or whatever. All you can do is apologize and say, hey, I'm not like that anymore. Move on. If they still hate you, they still well, block you, they still spread rumors about you, just leave it. Just leave it. You know what I mean? It's, it's tough because, you, you know, you get some people who have been in positions of all they've experienced in their life is either trauma or horror or yeah. just depression. And those people can can go through that for so long that that's normal for them. That's what it's like to exist. And it gets to a point where, you know, for those people sometimes when things even seem like they're going good, they self-sabotage and they, they, they mess things up and they cause problems because they don't know what to, what the hell to do when something's going good, when they make a new friend, when someone compliments them, when maybe a relationship is getting some momentum or something, you know, stuff like that. And, it's it's tough for those people because you know, with anyone, help is so needed, but yet at the same time, they have to fix themselves. It's never going to be a case like like Brian and I could say to this person like this or this or this, or this person could say to us this this this. But at the end of the day, we have you know if, if let's say I was at fault for something, I have to be the one to fix it. I have to be the one to own it, and because you know other people can't can't do it for me as much as they try and i think the thing that we tend to fall prey to sometimes is when let's say we do have someone be mean to us it's easy for us to fire back and we kind of fire even if it whether it's condescendingly whether it's offensively like fuck you or whether it's like you know hey man you're being a dick stop or whatever sometimes uh we get in a rut of like when we do that, guys, we're, we're like, we're, we're, they're setting the stage. They're setting the momentum. They're setting the trajectory of the conversation. And then when we respond like that, we're allowing ourselves to play into that trajectory. We're saying we're going to get on the same wavelength, and that's how we're going to ha- conversate with you. Whereas instead, sometimes it's good to give those people compassion. It sounds, it sounds really difficult, especially when you've been hurt, when you've been wronged, you know, and you feel burned. But... Sometimes you just have to do that because like when Brian, when what Brian said earlier about, you know, maybe some people, you know, maybe give the, the account, let's say shit sometimes or, or somebody else shit or, or whatever that's coming from somewhere. Like that says more about them and what they're going through than that problem. Like if I didn't know Brian and Brian's doing all this with somebody else, Brian makes a tweet and I go on there and I'm like, dude, you're way too positive. Stop. It's cringe. If I said something like that. That might hurt Brian's feelings. Why the fuck did I say that? What good did it do in my life to take the time, even if it was 10 seconds, to type that out? Why did I do that? There's no point to it. you know. And that says more about me than it says anything to do with this content. That's my skewed perspective based on whatever problems I have in my life and why I'm so mad at him that I have to feel the need to say, hey, you know, you're annoying me with your content. I could just mute it. I could block it. I don't have to look at it. But for some reason, I feel a need to say something about it. You know, yeah, it's just, I mean, I think, I think constructive, I think the constructive criticism is a different thing because I know 
if you know and we'll just use halo as an example because it's 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 here and it's it's a big it's it's a big uh a big company that makes those games if somebody says you know uh 343 you guys effing ruined the assault rifle it's way overpowered now it sucks balls you guys don't know how to make halo that is a completely ass comment that is not worth anything mm-hmm. um but if you said hey 343 i noticed i feel like the assault rifle I feel like it's too powerful. Maybe it could be buffed. Look at the complete difference there. Look at like the 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 ability to be kind and say I have an issue constructively versus just being a dick. I mean, who who wants to hear to the hear to the person that said the other thing? You know. What I yeah. Mean? Let me give you an example of what I'm talking about. Actually, and this is video game related. So in Yakuza Zero, uh, the introduction to one of the protagonists that you play as, uh, his name is Goro. Um, I got to see this thanks to I think it was Corey. I think you sent that to me. Um, there's this there's this moment. Where Goro owns this nightclub, right? And this one guy is drunken and he's causing a ruckus, causing a big problem. They have a big band in the center and this band kind of stops. It's quiet. It's awkward. Well, Goro finally kind of comes down. The manager kind of comes out from his office. So that's, it's you know, it's that signal that this is a big deal if the manager's coming out because you've really caused a big problem. You've shaken up the, the vibe and the atmosphere and everyone's enjoyment for the evening. He comes down and talks to this guy and tries to politely work him down. Rather, he, he by all means, Goro could say to this man, get the hell out, all that stuff. Well, the police do come, but Goro says instead, hey, you know what? You've caused so many problems, and he tells everyone to their face, he's like, what would be better for tonight? To see this man hauled off and go to jail and potentially, you know, have to pay tons of money to get out and all this kind of stuff. Something like that, I'm paraphrasing. He says, or would it be better if he just bought a round for everybody and got to stay, basically? And you see, and he's like, give it up for this guy. And everyone starts applauding that guy. And suddenly the guy has gone from the worst person in the room to the most liked person in the room, all because that guy had that ability to give that compassion, and he was able to command that, and it completely changed it. Now, granted, that's an extreme example, and that's a video game. But it still goes to show that when in, you get people sometimes that are being negative like that, obviously, if you reply to this stuff, you're giving air to it. You're you're saying, I acknowledge this into existence, and now this is a thing. But at the same time, you know, like I've had people who might say something like, like I'll, I think Phantom Menace, guys, hot take, I guess. I don't really like to have those, but I think it's a genuinely good film. I don't really see many flaws with it. But I might have I might put that on Twitter and someone might say, That movie is fucking trash. Jar Jar is terrible. And instead, and I got this from Brian, in my head I'm like, dude, fuck you, man. Jar Jar was like the first Star Wars toy in that new era that I ever got. You know, I love that dude. And they reduced his role in the next couple movies. And then they trashed him in a book. I like I could go on all this tirade, but instead I'm like, what would Brian do? And I'm like Okay, I see. I see what you're saying. I, I definitely don't. Uh, I don't agree with that. But at the same time, I get it, man. I get it. Uh, he was definitely pretty slapsticky and definitely changed up the vibe. He never really had anything like that in the original trilogy. And that right there lets me get on that person's level. I'm telling them, like I'm saying, I don't agree with you, but I'm doing it tactfully. And but then you also the gave him a token of agreeing with them on something by saying he was slapsticky. It makes them feel like they can relate. You know. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. Very, yeah, that was, yeah, that was a great example, Josh. Um, you know, another thing I kind of want to, there's kind of two more things I want to touch on. One is that we, we haven't really touched on yet is like sometimes it's just good or healthy for you to just leave a space 
regardless of if it's your problem or someone else's problem or if there's a problem at all, sometimes you just need to get away. Um, sometimes you can tell that your brain is just not in a good spot because it spent so much time uh, focused on either either you're maybe deep in arguments about Star Wars online or you're, you're in uh, the Twitter uh, talking about what's wrong with Halo, arguing with other people, or, you know, it doesn't have to be that you've done something wrong or someone else has done something wrong, but sometimes you just need to just, you just need to get away from it for a bit, you know, maybe take a break from either the social media, the community, um, a person in particular, maybe that person's not even bad, it's just for you right now, your mental space would be better if you had some time away from that person. That person doesn't have to be to blame, you don't have to be to blame, sometimes it's just the right call, you know, and, and you can come back fresher. Um, I yeah, know good that, example. I think yeah. not to interrupt, but man, Go I can ahead. remember a point where guys Brian was just killing it as always on the Twitter and everything, and everything was going fine. But he was like, you know what? I'm just I'm enjoying this so much. I love this stuff. But he's like, I need to. I haven't taken a break from it at all. And he's like, I, I just need to do that. And I was like, okay, man. And I was like, I'll I'll, I'll step in for a week, and I did, and I did it completely different, and everyone knew it was me. But beside all that. Uh, Brian just knew that he himself had a step away from it. And he came right back but it, and felt good about it. But, I mean, you could say it yourself, but I think you felt kind of renewed even just being away for close yeah, to a week. It was I mean, like, it was I a, mean, when you do something every day, when you suddenly don't do it for seven days, then it feels very new. I mean, I know it's only right. seven days, but it feels but fresh. But you acknowledged, like, hey, this is, like, even though I'm enjoying this, this is almost creating a bit of yeah. an issue, too. You know, it's like you said earlier in the episode, you know, you want to talk too also about how sometimes these things can be bad to a fault. Like playing video games can be really good. I played um, I played Oblivion. I got the I think like the day after one of our dogs died and it was tough. I really, really love that dog. We all did. So I get the game and I'd wanted Oblivion for a long time. Well, I'm immediately immersed in it and it's really helping me through it. Sometimes the music is a little sad here and there and I'm like, OK, I'm sad. But then other times it picks me up and I end up buying a horse and I name him Draco. That was the name of the dog we had uh, named after the dragon from Dragonheart for whomever seen that movie. But uh, I named him that and I did everything I could to keep him alive. And I think I would even do what's called scum saving, scum saving where like if he died, I would just I'm like, I'm going back to the last save. <laughs> you know, So that way that yeah. horse is still alive. And I had him with me. And, you know, I, in a way I realized it at the time, but in another way I didn't. But um, it, it definitely helped through that experience. I and I always kind of associate him and, and him and the game together. It's yeah, I think one. something else that's like I've, I've wisened up to a bit too is like, you know, sometimes no matter how important you think something in your, your uh, entertainment life, your, your video game uh, social media presence, your content creation, whatever you're doing, maybe you're, if you're just a fan on social media, whatever, sometimes you have to prioritize things when it's, it's hard to do. Um, I can think of, for instance, like if something, if some big new halo information came out, you know, like let's say right now while we were podcasting, they dropped a new story trailer for halo infinite. Well, Josh and I are going to feel like we got to make content about that somehow, whether it's a podcast, a video, something we got to do to address that, and we want to address it as quickly as possible because every minute you don't, everyone else is covering it. It becomes older news. But if something comes out, let's say it's like a it's like a Thursday night. I'm supposed to go. Uh, I've, I promised my wife that I'm going to do the laundry, and we're supposed to go pay a bill and run good groceries, and then this Halo tra trailer drops. What is it like for me sometimes? For me sometimes it's like okay, 
I want to not do all the things I already promised my wife I would do. I want to call up Josh, even though he is not expecting to have to do any content today. And I want to go, Josh, we got to cover this, man. We got to drop everything you're doing. I know you're going to be working through. That happens because, you know, you plan ahead. You don't plan for these unforeseen things that end up happening. When they happen, they completely shake up everything and sometimes cause stress and anxiety. Yeah, exactly. Um, You know, so it's not it's not intentional, but you're like. You know, you start to shift all your plans around and you maybe upset people. Like, you know, my wife was expecting we were going to go get groceries and we were going to get the laundry done or whatever. It's like, there won't be any groceries if we don't stop the banish, time. We don't stop the banish, babe. Come on. <laughs> uh, so, you, and then you realize, you know, sometimes it's just like having the mental health and awareness to go, okay, yeah, is this new information? Yeah, could we capitalize on it? Um, totally. But... Is it more important that we do a podcast about this Halo Waypoint article than uh, my wife's happiness, Josh's happiness? Uh, you know, and it could be even, it doesn't have to be like, it could be Josh asking me to do something when I'm busy, you know, it could I, be the way. I laugh because I remember there was a few times, I think especially last year, when I, I, there were a couple things that came up and you were like, do you see this? And I was like, yup. And you're like, do you, are you good to record? I'm like, yup. But then there's been other times where it was like, I just yeah. can't right now, you know, and stuff yeah. like that. So, yeah, exactly. It's like, you know, sometimes you just got to go, okay, hey, you know what? I'm going to skip this. I'm going to I'm gonna let this moment pass me by, and I'm going to go get groceries, or I'm going to go. It's so tough, though. Yeah, it is tough. It's that it FOMO tough. feeling. It's that fear of yeah. missing out and, and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. Think- or like the technical preview, you know, maybe that technical preview. Maybe you got in, and it came out that weekend, and that weekend you were already supposed to be out of town with family. And you're low-key wondering if maybe you can pack your Xbox and bring it to your family's place. What way can you make this happen, yeah. Or maybe you can reschedule with your family and it's like... And I've been there, so I'm not judging anyone because I've done it. I've done the wrong thing many, many, many times. But what you probably should do is go, you know what? I already had this plan with my family. They want to spend time with me. I guess I'm not playing the technical preview this weekend. And that's okay. You know, that's, 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 a, that's a respectable re- decision. Now, I know a lot of you probably go... I don't have to control Brian. I played it. I well, played it. it. I, I've been there. I've been there. It's tough because okay, when you're when you're when you're on social social media and stuff like that, and maybe you've done some of that stuff before, like the technical preview. You got to participate in this thing, or you got access to this cool thing, or something, or at least you know that you're a voice in some form or another to some degree. When there's something there, you do feel that need, that drive, that want to to do that, to consume it, to cover it, basically, right? But it's it's tough and it creates a problem because, you know, as a person, like in Brian's case, and, uh, you know, uh, you can correct me if I'm wrong, dude, but I think a lot of that in that situation when you're feeling that way stems from, you know, it's like you want to get your opinion out there, your excitement or your frustration, whatever the case may be. You want to get it out there. And then if you don't within that window, then suddenly it feels like the walls cave in and your voice isn't heard among the others. People you don't want really to get your voice out anymore. there. Yeah, because then it's not as relevant or whatever. And you miss you just miss that window of relevancy. And through that, you know, you feel like, damn, you know, it's I guys, I was on Twitter for a few years before I use before we got this stuff going. And occasionally I would use it to post about Star Wars stuff. But I didn't have any really I didn't really have any friends on there. So it was like just yelling at the void. And it was. It sucked because it was like, man, I have so many things to say. I can have any conversation with anyone about Star Wars, about any type of aspect of Star Wars. But I, I would see things blow up and news come out, and I thought I, my voice didn't mean shit. 
And, you know, and then that sucks when those moments happen. You don't want to miss out on that. You want to capitalize on the momentum. I mean, that would have been there's an alternate timeline guys out there where Brian and I did not get into the technical preview. And we did an episode covering how we felt about that and trying to be happy for other people versus how we felt and and how it seems. And, you know, it's completely different. Remix. Here's a here's a really great example. Um, We're we're recording this episode right now earlier than Saturday because I have to be gone for the weekend. So. When this episode goes up on Saturday, it's going to be completely new and fresh to everyone listening, but we don't know what's happened between what we're recording right now and the weekend. For all we know, two Future days from now. this moment, two days from this moment, we could get a release date for Halo Infinite, and then when you guys get your podcast on Saturday, there's going to be, we're not going to talk about the release date because we recorded weird. it early. It's, it's weird. We still haven't got one yet. Oh, it's, it's August. weird. It's August, oh, it's weird. dude. But like, <laughs> you could be listening to this also, episode Brian, right now. Also, Brian, happy belated birthday, buddy. Oh, well. Yeah, it was. You're like, well, we're not talking about that shit. (laughs) No, it was good. It was a really, actually, it was a really good birthday, and Josh was a big part of that. You know, got everybody to shout out for me. Josh gave me this dope Halo shirt. Erica gave me the Master Chief statue. uh, Oh, dude, Best Buy. I didn't tell you this, but Erica told me when she was giving the address, she was like, "The W is very important. Make sure that's on there." And I was like, "I was like, got you." (laughs) Our address, our address has like a direction at the end of it, so it has Mm -hmm. West at the end of it. The West isn't at the beginning. It's not in the middle. And we also, yeah, so it's just, it's, it's, it's screwed up. But yeah, it was yeah, a really good birthday. Better, yeah. It was a good time. Um, but yeah, no, Josh, last thing I wanted to ask you mm-hmm. for this whole talk on mental health before we go into some of our emails, we got, a, we got some good juicy content. Hell yeah. Cool. Um, last thing I want to ask you is give me a story, and I'll give you one after I'm done, of a, of a moment you were playing a video game that just felt really comforting, nostalgic, and mentally, it was just really good for your mental health. It was really just enjoyable. Like, give me a moment oh, like that. Uh, KOTOR, for sure. Uh, there was a point in time when uh, I, that was my first experience with uh, NPCs just reacting to what I was doing. I was used to sports games. I was used to movie license games where you're playing through a formulaic story. So KOTOR is the first game I play where people let me make decisions and I can help or hurt people. I mean, I've said this so many times on the show, so I don't mean to be uh, redundant, but it was pivotal for me. I not only realized um, how open the game was and how I could just play it any way I wanted to play it, but I also realized how important that factors into life. And I was just at a point in time where I was pretty depressed um, I never did go to school much. I skipped so much school, guys. I had to do community service and all that kind of stuff. I was a bad little boy. Well, this game helped show me what it was like to kind of have a fellowship, you know, and uh, just have a have friends and see how you helping them selflessly, you know, can impact them and mean so much to them, and they stick around and stuff too. It's like something you said earlier. It, it triggered a thought, and I, I I didn't say it. I forgot about it, but. You know, it's like sometimes like when we were talking about compliments and you said, you know, sometimes, you know, how, and how hard it is to do that stuff. Sometimes people just don't do it because they're like, oh, I won't get noticed or, or they won't care or something like that. And even I could be the same way. There's times I might have gave someone a compliment and they just say thank you in text. And I'm like, <laughs> fuck you. You know, like, that's it. Thank you. Like, you can't yeah. say, you know, anything else. Like, just it, it, it just feels so basic. It's it's like it's the equivalent, guys, of someone going on your Facebook page on your birthday and just saying happy birthday. It's like, you know what? Delete it. That's all it took for you. to. You can't put some actual fucking thought into that and say something nice about me. Like, 
I was so appreciative that a lot of you guys were dropping a lot of compliments for Brian and saying some specific things about his birthday stuff. We should all strive to do that. It's now so- on Josh's birthday. I'm just going to put happy birthday, Joshua. So it's more than happy <laughs> like, birthday. Fuck you, Brian. But no, I mean, the problem is with some of that stuff, um, when we don't do it, is we end up perverting the sense of kindness, right? Because then we do it with, the, we get in this headspace of, well, I'll do it, but I want something in return. When it should be a selfless act to just give. And, and not expect anything back. And that's, you usually get something back, but we tend to, to, to pervert it. And that's when you get real into the, the nitty gritty of kindness. But at the same time, it's that, that plays an important part, you know? And I think with something like KOTOR to bring it back, um, I would get to do these side quests, you know, those loyalty type quests like Mass Effect has. And I thought, my character doesn't really, this isn't advancing the main story, but I can tell it means a lot to this person. And I'll go risk my neck. I will go sit and talk with them if that's all they need. And I will do this or this. And I would see how much it meant to them. And when there's the plot twist and you find out you were this evil Sith Lord all along, you just had amnesia, some of the characters do leave. But some of them are like, look, you've been with me for a while. I'm not affected by this. I'm going to stick with you. And that's just fucking cool. And, and seeing how all that stuff does, uh, how everyone reacts to you, how everyone's affected, that changed my life. Like, just the trajectory in terms of that. I really started thinking about um, how I wanted to talk to people. And any time, guys, I feel really sad in real life. I get down about something. I like to go out and give a compliment to somebody. I'll find a way to get in there. Like, I'll manipulatively, manipulatively find a way to compliment. Like, someone could just post a basic selfie from, like, 2015. I'm like, you know what? It's probably weird that I'm commenting on this photo from 2015 and 2021, but that shirt is amazing. Where'd you get that? You know? And Josh is like, nice tan. You're like, I don't have that yeah, tan anymore. And so even if someone, go. like on Facebook, even if it's like a, a heart react, like reacts don't cut it. But if it's like a heart react, you know, or yeah, even Likes on just Twitter, feel like so basic now. Can't yeah, it does. It does. Like. But yeah, if it's like a heart react on there or someone on Twitter says, thank you so much. Like, I remember, okay, for example, guys, I was watching this lady named Satine Phoenix who does a lot of D&D stuff, right? So I was watching her GM tips. She put out a video series of um, on Geek and Sundry or whatever. Well, like, I was watching those and learning so much, and I was loving the way that she was with these people, the way she talked to them, the eye contact she made, um, the the body language that was showing she was purely focused on that person and what they were saying. Um, I went and commented, and I told her that stuff specifically and as many characters as I could, and she said... Thank you so much. It feels so good to be seen. And that was awesome. I felt good to, to, to give that because I could tell it meant a lot to her, the fact that she expressed that back. And a lot of that I can trace back to KOTOR because I just, if when my character was going through shit, he did kind things for others and they were like really grateful for it, you know? And granted, I could do bad stuff, but I didn't. And it all made me feel really good and it all picked me up about my own depression. It didn't suddenly fix my life. But it helped get me to where I am today in a lot of ways with certain things. That being said, the last thing I'll say, because then I want to hear Brian's, is I still make mistakes. I still have days or moments where I'm a bad person. I do bad things. Or I get mean. I get mad. I get grumpy. I'm an asshole. Right? We're not, you know, progress isn't linear with that stuff. It's just you can catch those moments. Just like when we have moments where we say something, like, like Brian was saying earlier, he'd have those moments where... In his head, he's like, I'm a piece of shit. We have to kind of catch ourselves in that moment. And it's hard for me, but something I always try to do is I have to say, like, internally, I cancel that thought and follow it up with a compliment. Like, at work last night, I thought, I feel like I'm moving really slow, like, in progress. 
And then, and then I just turned around and I was like, cancel that thought. I was like, look, dude, the other dude that the other full timer called in, you at least showed up. You're here. You're working, you know, like, and you know, you don't owe yourself to this place or that place. You're your own person and you're doing the best you can. Let's, let's think about what we're going to do when we get home. And then I was like, I'm going to record with Brian. And then I was like, boom, halo music. And then it was like, blow me away. And I was like, yeah. yeah. So then it just completely shifted. And sometimes that's all it takes. It's hard, but it's an effort we have to make within ourselves. But anyway, went on a tangent there, guys. KOTOR is definitely the game that helped get me through a hard time in, in, a, in a very pivotal way um, just because of what I was going through with school. Really scared to go through, just scared to go to school. There's a lot of different um, a lot of different uh, personalities, a lot of clashing. A lot of arguing, fighting. Uh, it was a pretty violent school, and uh, Kotor was a nice um, escape. It was like going home. It was in a, in, a, in a video game. You know, it was like I could go there and my friends were there. I mean, I played it during the summertime, but I was not even thinking about going back to school. I was focused on my friends on the Ebon Hawk and making sure they were all okay before we go face down Darth. Uh, what the fuck's his name right now? Revan. I can't remember. <laughs> no, not Darth Revan. I was Darth oh, Revan. Okay. But okay. <laughs> Darth Malak. Someone out there is like, Malak, dude, Malak! But uh, yeah, I was just focused on that. But anyway, Brian, sorry for the ramble, man. What about Josh, you? Josh, hit me up with the sound of a one-to-one remake of KOTOR. Fuck you, Brian. The only, ch- Fuck the, you. Only ch- the only change they make is they remove the plot twist from the game. Hit me up with the frustration of a one-to-one remake of KOTOR where they remove the plot twist. My frustration? Your frustration. It's the only what? change they make. They remove it. They remove what? Say it again. The plot twist of KOTOR. They remove it from the remake. Okay. It's not there anymore. <clears throat> the fuck is it? Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call you up on the phone. I'm like, Brian, I know you're playing What's this up, for Josh? the first time, dude. And I know I, I, I can tell you're loving it, dude. I saw your tweets and everything like that, right? I can tell you're loving it. But, dude, this doesn't even fucking happen in the original game. I don't know why the fuck. I, I, I heard the remake was better than the original, Josh. Is that true? Don't ever speak those words into existence, Brian. Don't ever put it out there in the either sphere. That's bullshit. In the original game, Revan was you. You were Revan. You were the Sith who led this armada and everything after the Mandalorian Wars and did all this crazy shit. And now they took that out of the game and they're like, oh, no. Oh, no. We don't want that. Uh, we Josh, don't I, personally think, I personally think it's better that Revan's an R2 unit now. You would really say like that, this. Brian. You would say that. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you guys didn't see it. We were holding up little uh, little hand phones up to our ears to pretend like we're having a phone call. Um, no, for me, the one of the moments I can remember, because it's one I haven't really told in the podcast, is when we moved into our house, which is the one that, that you used to hang out in the basement, Josh. Oh, the first, iconic one. The iconic basement. We didn't have an episode called the iconic basement. Uh, we just talked about the basement. The legendary. No, but when we moved into this new house, my parents didn't want to buy internet right off the bat because there, no, there was no good internet. All there was was like a satellite company and they would rather just not pay for the bill and just like see if we can go without internet for a while. Well, I wanted to play World of Warcraft and Diablo 2. So this was like early Wi-Fi times where people really weren't too familiar with Wi-Fi. I found a corner of our house where I could set up my laptop and steal the neighbor's internet. <laughs> uh, yeah. So for, for months, I don't know how long it was. It feels like it was longer than six months. I We would access the internet from that corner of the house where we had just had the Wi-Fi. And I can remember these late nights, like past midnight, sitting in the dining room in that corner in the dark with my brother Creighton. And it's snowing outside. And we're listening to this band called Chiodos. It's one of my bands, Josh, as you'd expect. And we're playing World of Warcraft and we're playing Diablo 2, and it's just this comforting, like, 
winter night out you know in a warm home we're stealing the neighbor's internet playing an online game <laughs> yes it's an essential uh, part of any winter yeah it was great because because and that's why i say the wi-fi was early because the neighbor had no protect no protective password on it it was just wide open some poor old so, lady over there yeah she's like what i can't access even my email it's like well this guy's doing a raid i'm trying to watch my goddamn matlock and someone's stealing my access. Yeah, so you know, just just sitting there and, and playing, uh, just the comfort of a lot of a lot of my most comforting game memories, oddly enough, are from MMOs. And I don't even like online only games really anymore. Like I kind of hate them, to be honest. That's that's why I avoid. Well, I don't want to say hate them. That's not fair. I I despise playing them. Like I, I avoid Destiny because it's online only. Despite me thinking Destiny's really good, I just don't like online only experiences. Uh, but like, I don't know, some about some about MMOs. I mean, I can remember playing RuneScape uh, in the middle of the night uh, while my uh, I had the the TV pulled up to uh, Nick at night, and I'd be watching rerun episodes of Roseanne while playing uh, RuneScape, and I just it was so comforting. I don't know. I remember my dad like getting up in the middle of the night to pee and opening my door and his just his tidy whities and being like, "Are you still? How are you still awake?" I'm like, "I'm playing RuneScape and watching Roseanne, Dad." The classic uh, tidy whities. Just, just great. I don't know. Great memories. You know, what? there's so many memories of me and my friends doing everything we can with either old, shitty, outdated computers or dial-up connections or Wi-Fi range. Just anything we can do to be able to play a game. Like I remember me and Kyle setting up my old our old family desktop that was like a Windows Millennium in the corner and had running a dial-up cable and switching off playing Diablo 2 through the night and while one of us wasn't playing Diablo 2 the other one would play Halo 2 campaign on the nice. Xbox and that's cool just good memories of when, when it was hard to game when it was hard to get internet when it was hard to get a computer that could run a game mm-hmm. like that always sucked and it caused so much anxiety like oh, I can't get it to play it's too I don't have internet I don't have this whatever but when you got it to work I mean I remember the computer that we were playing Diablo on had no speakers. So we took a karaoke machine, and we plugged we plugged headphones into the we plugged headphones into the computer. Okay. And then we put the headphones on the floor, and we put the karaoke mic next to the headphones, so the Diablo two music would come out of the headphones and project <laughs> into the karaoke machine, so that we wow. had speakers. Just great Very memories, creative, man. Brian. Yeah, it's, it's stuff like that that really makes those memories amazing. Uh, yeah, absolutely. You know, I can, I can give you one quick example, though. Another one I thought of real specifically, I think, can apply to a lot of people of all ages. Okay, so it's like middle school and high school. I'm real into wrestling. It's like during the WWE's Ruthless Aggression era, and they had to have those video games that came out, the SmackDown vs. Raw series, right, guys? And I would play this. I would create myself, and I would go through the season mode, you know, work my way up to being champion and all that and overthrowing people and winning, you know, all these rivalries and stuff like that. It was such a power trip. And, you know, there would be moments where I got to, at the time they were called divas, but the, you know, WWE uh, female wrestlers and stuff like that uh, would be in there. And it was a sign of the time, you know, it's, it's definitely better how it is now. But uh, back then they were more seen as like uh, objectified, like romance options. So me as a teenager though, who is at that point in his life when he's like, I, you know, I'm, I'm ready for a girlfriend. I'm ready to do all that, um, but I don't have one. Well, there was nice. I was feeling lonely, and now I was going through all my problems with school, and I thought, man, I'm not going to – I don't feel like I'm going anywhere in my life, or I don't know what the fuck I'm going to do, you know? Well, I'd get on that game, and I'd, I'd be beating these people's asses. I'd be making friendships, and I'd be dating divas and stuff like that. And even though that was all ridiculous, you know, television drama – in a video game, uh, it made me feel really good because you know what? Like I can say that right, right now, like 
that, that game didn't help me in a way that solved all my problems. It just helped me get through what I was going through, you know, and it gave me an illusion, a little taste, a little slice of, of what I was really wanting in real life. But you know what? Time passed. Uh, I turned out all right, I think. And, uh, you know, I, I, I've had a girlfriend in the past. I've, I've made many friends. I get to do this podcast with Brian. Um, you know, every day I get, we get to hear people like you guys express gratitude to that and, and acknowledge. And, and, uh, I, my, my parents are both still alive. I got my, my, my friends, like I've already said, I got, I got friends online that I've known for years, uh, through Redvers blue. I've got friends in person. Um, I, I do tabletop campaign stuff. You know, I just, I, I've got so much to be grateful for. Um, and I, I never would have thought I would have been okay, but a lot of those video games, and those narrative things, the the, the, the RPGs that uh, let me create myself and go through those experiences really helped me uh, at the time. Felt like I was successful at doing something. Felt like I was making progress at a time when I didn't know what I'd do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, there's so much good that can be taken from video games. I mean, we're largely pro-game here, obviously. We just wanted to speak to the... The, the, the things that the, the good and the bad of video games with your mental oh yeah because there's definitely definitely, definitely been one, much more good in my life but there's been plenty of times especially when I was younger like in high school and middle school and stuff where I was so obsessed with video games it was it was pretty unhealthy where I'd just play every night nonstop think about it at school shirk shirk homework and stuff like that um, but for the most part it's been very beneficial for my life Josh are you ready for some emails yeah man let's do it uh, this is from Slender Prime. This is the guy who left the review on the last episode we had iTunes reviews where he said Halo 3 was bad. He didn't like Halo 3. So he wanted to expunge. He asked me if he could share if he could share more. And I said, yeah, dude, send us an email. So he's going to share what he doesn't like about Halo 3. You ready for this, Josh? Yeah, real quick to give context, guys. Uh, he said in his review, he said, my first Halo and best Halo was Halo 2. I'm about to make you read this and you have to say out loud, Halo 3 is overrated in every aspect. Worst multiplayer in a mediocre campaign. And then he went on to say some awesome things. Yeah. But that's the context. <laughs> so, so this is Slender Prime's opinion. And we, hey, we value Slender Prime, even if we don't agree with his opinion. And we're reading it off because we You've heard of Slender Man, right? Yeah. This is Slender Prime. Whole new ballgame. Whole new ballgame. He fused with Optimus Prime. <laughs> Slender Prime. Um, so yeah, don't don't hate on this guy, even though he's got some strong things about Halo no, 3. No, let's hear it. We don't no. we don't hate on him. But it's great go. to hear, hear the you know what someone thinks, uh, even if it's an opposite. I, I get to learn. Yeah, here we go. It's the chance to learn. I will try to keep this short as possible, but I am not a fan of Halo 3. Let's start with the story. I had to wait an extra year to play Halo 3 after it released because my brother and I didn't have a 360 yet. With this extra year, I managed to dodge spoilers left and right, but I was told time and time again that it's the best one yet. I remember I thought to myself that I would finally get to see what happened at the end of Halo 2 with Master Chief and where Johnson, Keys, and Arbiter were going to go, what they were going to do next. We finally got our new Xbox and put it in ready to play. After one sitting and one play session, we both looked at each other in disappointment. We finished the game, but both felt that the game was overhyped. We didn't like the flood coming to Earth. We lost our minds every time Gravemind or Cortana would stop our play session. We didn't get a cool boss fight with Gravemind, and we felt that the Brutes and the game as a whole were so easy. We didn't like most of the weapons that were added. We felt like they were just another version of a UNSC weapon, but just Brute versions. We hated that the Brutes were great value elites, even though they were more fun in, in great Halo Great value 2. elites, is that what it said? <laughs> yeah, great value elites. I like that. <laughs> we were overall disappointed with how we didn't feel like any death was earned or as cool as it could have been. Overall, just not our cup of tea. Now let's get into the multiplayer, and this is all still relevant in MCC. That BR is awful. 
I don't know why the BR had to have random spray and due to how the code would be prioritized. The most useless things, the inconsistency throughout the gunfights was annoying. Late Night Gaming brought this up in an early episode, and I was excited to see someone finally bring it up. Halo 3 maps are also not my favorite in any way. Most of the maps I do like have been brought from CE and 2. The map spawns and rotations are so poorly designed that when I drop on MCC, I can pre-nade spawn so well and pre-fire, people quit. This will be my last thing I bring up because it's already so too long for you guys. Nah, it's oh, not you're too good, long. man. Keep going. I hate the Halo 3 elitist fan base. Hearing and reading about how Halo 3 is perfect in every way, and I just want more Halo 3 is annoying. The game has flaws. Stop acting like it doesn't. Stop thinking you are elite because you played Halo 3 at launch. Halo can't evolve past Halo 3 because if I keep getting Halo 3 gameplay over and over again, I'm going to stop playing because changes, good or bad, are still new. Halo 3 is a good game, but not the best Halo game at all. Mm-hmm. That's Slender Prime's comment. So I, here's what I'll say. The one thing I know I do agree with you on, uh, Slender Prime, is I do think Halo 3 gets propped up too highly as like the gold standard of Halo and how every Halo game needs to be like Halo 3 and like nothing good's come since Halo 3. Halo 3 was perfect. Halo 3 was flawless. I think that's a, a, it does a disservice to the game because Halo 3, in my opinion, I know you don't agree, Slender Prime, uh, in my opinion, Halo 3 is an amazing game that's so good and so deserving of its praise that it seems disingenuous to say that it didn't have problems because it definitely had problems, whether it was how the BR acted at launch and through most of the game's life. Um, the campaign was a little more straightforward and less uh, had less depth than Halo 2. Um, some of the weapons audio sounds were kind of didn't sound that great, like even worse than Halo 2. There's different things that people that you can uh, remark on were, were issues with Halo 3, uh, but overall, it was just an extremely good package uh, and a great game, and I think if people want to uh, look at Halo 3 to inform their decisions on future Halos, I think it makes sense. It was a very successful game. It was very good, um, but ultimately, I mean, I think it, I think it was, yeah, I, don't, I didn't have a problem with the Brutes, and I do remember thinking at launch, like, I preferred Elites, and even now, I guess I prefer Elites, but I just... It's been long enough. I just like the. It Halo blows my mind groups. sometimes. I forget often that you don't really fight elites in that game. Not a single one. Yeah, not it, a single one. I forget. I forget. Forget. Yeah, but ultimately, I just yeah. I mean, I don't. I don't particularly agree with your with your complaints, but you know they're fair and they're valid. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's. I think it's. I think it's a good game. It's not my favorite either. It's. I like Halo One and Two a lot more. But Josh, over to you. Well, I think uh, it definitely goes to show how much expectations can alter someone's experience for sure because you mentioned i'm glad you said that because i forgot to mention that you had people hyping it up and saying it was the best halo ever and that created an image in your head that you know whether good or bad it was not going to match because we just we can never match someone's you know a whole team's creative idea and process right so uh, but hey, I understand. Uh, you know, I think <laughs> the great value brutes, I get it. They don't, gone is their uh, charge at you, you know, as they begin running and making their way to you, which is a bit terrifying in some of the darker levels yeah. in uh, Halo They're 2. Like, <laughs> yeah, and when you're shooting at them, and, and that was kind of a strange magic. Like, in one sense, I don't, I, I don't like that the brutes in Halo 2, um, didn't really feel that well designed in terms of combat encounters, you know. Like, I mean, the, it felt the elites, like they were just elites to me. I mean, well, see, and I didn't feel up. like that, but that I don't think that's wrong or anything. I just, I, it's like, 
you know, like when you shoot elites, the shields go down, you can see the blood splatter and stuff like that. Same with grunts, shackles, and everything. With brutes, it's a little less so. If anything, the armor yeah, just kind of comes off and whatnot. Well, um, when they start charging, it's terrifying because you're not really seeing as much visual feedback that you're doing any real damage to them. You know, like whereas an elite, you shoot its shield down, the shield goes down, they're dead. It's not like that with the brutes. So then when they're charging, scare the shit out of me. Well, that's not a thing in Halo 3. They're just there with the armor. I can take their armor off basically by shooting, and then they die. And they, they're in place of the elites, but they're definitely more, uh, they're less inspired. Yet at the same time, for me, subjectively speaking, they are a lot of fun to fight in that. A lot more fun to fight, but I get where you're coming from. And at the same time, I can see where a lot of the brute weapons do feel just like clones of the uh, UNSC weapons yet at the same time that's kind of what the Covenant ones did but I can understand like if you were if you were to say well I feel like the brute ones are still a little little too close to the UNSC ones I say okay I, I can understand that because you know you got the brute mauler which is supposed to represent the shotgun you got the uh what's the, the, the I forget the name of the one that's like the SMG it's kind of like the SMG assault rifle what's the it's, you can dual wield it what is the it's brute a, weapon? it's a brute weapon the spiker the spiker yes thank you yeah yeah, like that and everything. So, and of course, the spike grenade, it's like, you know, that really doesn't do much different. And it's not really worth going out of your way to pick up. Yes, it's a satisfying kill when you get that clink, you know, that stick. But it, what what makes, you know, it's not that different from a sticky grenade. And I would still rather have a plasma grenade in my hand than that brute grenade. So, I, I understand. I sympathize I with mean, you, man. I, I, I feel like, I, feel like I, I like the Halo 2 brutes more myself because they were more unique and original. But... If brutes are going to be the main enemy of Halo 3, I think it would have been a bad decision to leave the Halo 2 brutes in there for 3. They had to redesign them to make them more like elites, I feel like. I will, I will say role. this last thing. Uh, I get where you're coming from, dude. I actually felt that way with Halo 4 for a long time. I would see a lot of people out there that were like, Halo 3 is the gold standard. They did. It. They actually did amazing with this. And it's like... If you, if someone else really loved that, like Alex loves that, I love that he loves it. It does not bother me that he loves it. Listen, you know, getting to talk with him and Brian through the retrospective series we did, that helped turn me into a bigger fan of Halo Four. I was completely open minded listening to that. Doesn't mean I necessarily like suddenly uh, now I like the orange colors or I like this or that, but I was open to hearing what they had to say, and they uh, clearly were more educated in that field. I learned a lot because of that. But I understand where you're coming from, though, because I feel like I've seen that with Halo 4, where it's like, you know, like for you, you're saying like Halo 3 is this gold standard, and always people somehow want to get back to that glory day of that. And it's like, and you said something, man, I'm paraphrasing, I'm sorry, but you said something about even if it's bad, whether it's bad or good, it's better because it's new. And I completely agree. I think, you know, I mean, literally anything that's ever come out of any sequel you've ever loved that's been new, that wasn't in the first game, you probably didn't know you could love it. If the game had just been the same exact thing as the one before it, you would never have nostalgia for that thing now. People wouldn't be missing dual wielding if we never got it in Halo 2 because we wouldn't know we wanted that. You know, it's, I mean, it's good to do new things. It's good to try new things. I think of like Tim Longo trying for the whole commands approach that Brian does not like in Halo 5. Well, someone who played Republic Commando, which is what they were trying to take inspiration from, that was that could have been awesome. There is an alternate timeline where Halo 5 story was really, really good. And the campaign felt really, really fun to play because of the new squad dynamics that now maybe takes the Halo series in a new direction. But it didn't turn out that way, right? So I understand where you're coming from. I, I think it's I, I agree with a lot of things you're saying. Some things I disagree with. And even though Halo 3 is probably my favorite Halo overall, 
I still sympathize with you. I get it, man. And you can totally send in any Halo 3 hate you want to anytime, buddy. And most people have a Halo that they hate or strongly dislike. We all, usually most people have one, so. What is your least, what, what's yours, Brian? Well, my least favorite is five. But okay, I actually, excluding five, I guess. I should say that's the easy answer. Excluding it, five? to pick one that's not five. Phew, that's hard because I think it's probably four then, and I love four. Oh, man. Oh, you know? okay. That's just, I, I, I hate to put the 343 ones at the bottom, but the thing is I have so much more nostalgia for one, two, three, ODST and reach. You know what I mean? I, I probably would say four, but if I feel like that's almost easy for me. So if I had to dig a little, I'd probably say reach. I love well, reach. My story. next one's reach because I love reach. The things, story, the things I don't like it, about reach are, um, it, it did screw up the established canon. I also really hated that multiplayer and firefight maps were in the campaign. I thought that was so cheesy. I don't like it to this day. Yeah. And correct me if I'm wrong, but wasn't that the first one or did Halo 3? Which one was the first one to start introducing Forge maps into the actual matchmaking? Wasn't it Reach that did it? Oh, um, yeah. Well, you could technically say three if you include like Griff Ball and stuff. Well, I don't count that one, but because I was there was like a they they like remade it's it, mostly like Ascension it's and mostly stuff reach. and everything. Yeah, I was like, Ugh, what are you guys doing? Uh, anyway, yeah, thank you, in, Slender Prime. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Uh, that gave Josh, us a lot to chew on. For sure. This next one is from uh, Brentonimo, Brenton Bagley. Ooh, Brenty Brent. And he said this. His email title was like Geronimo or Guantanamo, but it's Brentonimo. <laughs> Dude, if you get a talk show, open with that every time. Yeah. There you go. Uh, he says, what's up, Sacred Duders? What's up, dude? Love the podcast, as always. We Last you. episode was a super real treat. As a longtime listener, it really resonated that you guys have found your stride, and as a longtime listener of some of the longest-running and best gaming podcasts, going back to Giant Bombcast as far as back as 2008, I am pleased to say, and say with confidence, that your show rings as perhaps the best, most informative, and most entertaining Halo-specific podcast currently running. What? Wow. What? No slant to any of the others, but as I'm sure you've pulled tips and tricks from their shows, the masters could now stand to learn from their students. <laughs> when I met you, I was but the student. Now I am the master. <laughs> Only a master. Did he say now I am but the learner? Is that what he says or no? Yeah, I probably fucked it up. I don't know. The way you knew what I was going for, Brent. <laughs> uh, he says, keep it up and Whoops. keep it sacred. Ooh. I did want to ask a prompt of you both, so here it is. I think we all know at this point that Halo 2 is your favorite of the Halo titles. He's referring to me, obviously. Mm -hmm. uh, but if you had to design the ultimate Halo game today, to date, I guess, and it'd be perfect in every way to you and your interests, what would it look like? Is it the gameplay of CE 3 or 5? The art of Reach, ODST or 2? Pick any character to follow and any galactic existential threat. If you had infinite daddy Microsoft money and infinite <laughs> developed time and resources, mm -hmm. what Halo game would you make? Dying to hear your creative answers. Don't worry. My check will be in the mail on the 1st of September. And so very much looking forward to being on the podcast with you both soon. Big <laughs> love, sacred boys. Keep it sacred. Check in the mail. That's hilarious. <laughs> I know exactly what story I want because I've talked about it before, uh, uh, Brent. Um, what I would love more than anything is for a... And it's funny because I'm not like I'm not a fan of Call of Duty or anything like that. I want a story where you play as a standard regular Marine, and it's got gameplay a little more closer to Call of Duty. Not because I like Call of Duty, but because a regular Marine doesn't have shields, you know, doesn't have a Mjolnir suit, mm -hmm. and it's a it's a very boots on the ground, heavy war type game that takes place on Harvest, and you play as a Marine and you have 
marine buddies that are like established characters with the good with good dialogue and you can get close to it and everything and you go through this campaign as a marine fighting insurrectionists across different levels and it's very it'd be very different for Halo it'd be very grounded you're going to be fighting in like abandoned homes and bases and going through fields and just very very I don't know heavy war torn type stuff and then somewhere around halfway through the campaign in typical Halo CE plot twist fashion, you're going to be just fighting insurrectionists with your buddies and drop pods of the Covenant come in. It's the first time you've ever witnessed the Covenant. And because you're a Marine, you're super short, you're super small, you don't have Mjolnir on, and these elites look absolutely massive. And it be- the gameplay becomes the insurrectionists you were just fighting against are now on your side and you're all trying to take down like one elite or two elites and it's super hard That'd because be you're just cool moment, regular marines like a lot of people and like, love that yeah so like the story just the story just becomes basically like the struggle of a regular human marine uh, encountering the covenant for the first time and then the story would would end up you know with you and some of your buddies doing a mission to help in some way for the overarching story but then maybe even Either either dying, either everyone dies at the end, or maybe just your Marine is the only one to live so that he can appear in stories later. So yeah, very Call of Duty. And then, and then for the multiplayer, so really cool. for the multiplayer, have it be something original that's different from Halo. Like not typical Halo multiplayer. Have it be like, you know, like kind of like how ODST did Firefight. Do a particular mode for like for Marines where it's got more of a Call of Duty-esque multiplayer where someone dies really quick because they can't take much ammo and i i can just see that game being having like legendary being really hard because in legendary you have like i mean maybe they can even put like prone in the game where you can get down and and, and crawl around and stuff it's not that i'm like like i said it's not that i'm trying to imitate call of duty because i don't actually like call of duty i just feel like if you go behind the perspective of marine and you remove all the the Mjolnir elements and stuff like that, it would feel much more like that. So that's what I want. I think that's actually a pretty good answer, dude. The whole the moment with the insurrectionists and you guys like basically have to team up. You're like, well, shit, we got someone bigger to fight than ourselves yeah. than one another. Let's let's try to take this thing down. Then we can sort yeah. out the rest. That'd Maybe be even cool. one of your best friends in the game becomes an insurrectionist that you were fighting. twist. Against. Yeah. Or someone defects, right? Someone could defect and then they become your best friend. There you go. You know? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I think two things. One... Uh, it'd be nice to finally play a game as elites where you actually get to kill humans. I mean, I thought that's that's kind of why, why I struggled with Halo 2s a bit the first time I played through it. Um, it would be cool to kind of get the perspective you essentially get with Arbiter, but as someone who is actually getting to kill humans, and you kind of see throughout the story, then be, start to question kind of what they're doing, the whys and everything, and then start to you know come out of that. And maybe there's a time jump and he's with Arbiter on the ship, you know, or something like that uh, before the... You know, the, all the Sunion stuff that comes later and whatnot. And that would be a cool fast forward. Like, oh, shit, he's with Arbiter. That's where yeah. he's at in the story. You know, that could be cool. The other part of me, I would just love to see 343 do an ODST2 of some kind. Even if it didn't take oh, on yeah. that name, even if it was a spiritual successor, I would like to see them do something a bit more atmospheric. I mean, I remember uh, fucking Ouija really, really liking it for that reason. And we really haven't gotten anything like that since and I remember Please loving... Please retcon the rookie's death. He didn't die, okay? <laughs> well, remember, uh, Republic Commando is another Star Wars game that I thought was just so unique into itself, and they never did a sequel. They initially planned, and it was scrapped almost immediately because a new dude came into LucasArts, and they basically he let go of a ton of people. So even before that game came out, you know, it was... 
And even though the game was a success, it didn't take off quite like everything else. And ironically enough, a big part of that is because Halo 2 had come out a year before, just months before, and it took off so well. It actually had a multiplayer suite, and you could actually customize your Trandoshan or your Clone Trooper the same way you could do stuff with like Halo with the Elites and everything. It was just a few months after. They could have been on something really good, but Halo yeah. 2 it was way more successful. If they had it got out earlier. Yeah, it's crazy. And, you know, you have Tim Longo working on that. So it's just it's interesting. But I would love to see them do something like that. I mean, I, I, I don't necessarily I don't necessarily like the idea of going too far in the past. Like, I know a lot of people are like, let's do Contact Harvest, man. But I mean, like when Brian puts it his way, I'm like, OK, I want to play that game. But the other part of me is like, mm, I don't know. I don't know. But I would just love something more atmospheric. I'd love to see 343 get it, get the opportunity to be out of their, uh, not comfort zone, uh, their obligatory zone of having to do the sort of mm-hmm. games they've had to do. Do something like, a little more original. Do something yeah. more original and unique. Like, let them Great put questions, their own Brent. 343 identity on it rather than just a you know bungee. So yeah. thank you, man. You got us thinking. And thanks for talking about how great the podcast is, man. We really appreciate it. Like uh, We don't that, take that lightly. There's a lot of good out there. Yeah, Brian and I let's do a lot of podcasts over the years, man. Taking a lot of inspiration from a lot of different people, and uh, like to think it it helps uh, for us doing this. So that means a lot to hear. This next one is from Stephen Lasloffy. If I mispronounce that, man, you can totally correct me. He goes by uh, Viper in the um, in the oh, nice. VYPR. Okay. Gotcha, gotcha. He says, "Gentlemen, I am a fairly new listener, and I just wanted to commend you on an amazing podcast and developing a truly positive and respectful community. I had never listened to podcasts before." And the wife suggested I try one. I, of course, had to find a Halo one. I had heard that Sacred Icon was one of the best Halo podcasts out there. What? And I am so Where? happy that I heard it correctly. <laughs> Where'd you hear that at? Yeah. And I am so happy that I heard correctly. I listened to your first podcast and fell in love, despite the audio issues. But as you mentioned in your most recent, it's the beginning, not expecting studio-level sound. Dude, the fact that you could enjoy our first episode means that you're a freak of nature. Brian hates that shit so bad. I feel like you just made him feel. How do you? How I does think that make I, I want to clarify this, Josh, because I thought about this after the last time we talked about it. The reason I hate it so much, guys, is because I'm worried that people will hear or find our podcast, mm-hmm. and then they'll go listen to the first episode, think that we're not good, and then not give us another chance. Uh, if I knew for sure that they would check out a later episode first then I would be okay with it. But I don't. I wonder how many people we've lost to the podcast because they listened to the first one. You have to start you know? somewhere. Yeah. Um, what really got me was just listening to you two friends dish about Halo. Much in the same way me and my boys used to back in the day. It was happy endorphins and nostalgia and an intellectual and respectful dialogue all in one. I tend to be very passionate about Halo because of, of all it means to me. I started way back with the OG Halo Combat Evolved and I've played every title since. Halo gave me my first sense of wow, how did they make this work, and I want to do this when I grow up. So in essence, it defined my career path. I may not be in game design yet, but I'm going to get there. The second reason why I just latched on like a grunt to a methane nipple <laughs> is that it was the first thing that really allowed me to bond with some of my friends. Yeah. Being a homeschooled introvert, I tended to be on the outside of a lot of my friends' groups' experiences. Land parties and overnights with pizza and split screen were what brought me in. When Halo 2 launched, I was at a friend's house, co op the whole campaign in a single sitting. Halo 3 truly brought my passion to the front with purchasing the Legendary Edition, the Special Edition console, everything. Josh knows about that. He has it. I now have a very (laughs) large collection, have read every book, watched every show, movie, etc., and dive into any and all Halo experiences I can. I would have bankrupted myself at Halo Outpost had I not been deployed. 
LOL, but I digress. Yeah. I apologize for the lengthy and unasked for autobiography. Don't apologize, dude. We (laughs) love this stuff. Ever apologize. But I just want to give to I just want to give context to my comments when I say that finding such an amazing community that resurrects that feeling of brotherhood and passion for Halo is phenomenal. And you both do an outstanding job creating not only the content, but the fellowship of fans. Thank you from the bottom of my Mjolnir boots, Stephen <laughs> Vipier Lazloffy. Wow, I like Dude. the fellowship in there. Any, any close amazing. tether we can get to anything resembling Middle Earth, I'm happy with. Right? You put fellowship in there, and you kind of you kind of hit on exactly what we go for, dude. We want to have this constant, nostalgic, mid-2000s, Halo is awesome, Lampardi's pizza feel forever. That's what we want Sacred Icon to be, and that's what it feels like you said you were getting from it. I love that, dude. Thank you so much for those compliments. We were... Dude, we're just so happy. Keep if you want yeah, to. Yeah, dude, that in, stuff. The momentum it. that comes from that yeah. shit like that, like right there. I'm like, man, I feel like I could record like six podcast episodes with Brian right yep. now. Yeah, <laughs> we don't have the time for it, but we, but but the energy's there because we get to hear stuff like that. That yeah, means dude, a that lot, man. Yeah. Wow, that that's fucking awesome. And and also, yeah. man, it just uh, it's cool to hear you know you being so diehard that you've read every book, like you've consumed every kind of media from Halo that you can. I mean, that's impressive. That's impressive. I wonder that's... where he heard Sacred Icon was the best Halo podcast because I'm like, is that a thing people say? <laughs> like, where does it... maybe it's you're like, is that Twitter, thing right? Because uh, you know, I mean, uh, I mean, I'm asking for a friend. I'm just really curious to know if they uh, where, where you might have heard that from. I'd like to go visit that place and maybe because be I tend to wall. agree. Because I tend to agree. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But, yeah, dude. No, uh, no. But thanks, man. Thank and and I I kind of avoided saying it earlier because I've mentioned it on the show several other times. But that was definitely a, a big thing for me was the land parties getting me through some dark times in my life. Just uh, you know when you when you're someone who goes through a dark time or, or whatever you know sometimes it's easy to just uh, ruminate and it's easy to just kind of stew in that and and not try to climb out and find a, a light bulb among the darkness, right? But uh, I remember going out with my friends out of the house, out of my room, and being in other people's houses and other environments and interacting with people that I knew that I didn't know and all together over Halo and just laughing, eating pizza, drinking root beer, Dr. Pepper, and just, you know, playing until the sun came up and trying to be one of the last ones to to stay up, you know, and laughing at 3 a.m., weight loss girls gone wild commercials because we were terrible immature teenagers and that's what we did back then so uh i definitely get that and i, I love that you have that same experience man thanks so much for sending that in josh you got an itunes review for us don't you yeah hell yeah i do let's hear it all I'm right bet. let's bring it up that's from my buddy i'm hearing it timbling bear, timbling bear. i thought i was gay but it's timbling bear. Uh, okay he says my favorite halo podcast hands down five stars mm. Do you miss the nostalgia Damn. you had? Sorry, go ahead. No, keep going. Damn. <laughs> I said, Damn. Damn. Yeah. Was that like that one auto tune guy? Damn. Oh, I yeah. love that one. Okay, he says, thank you for that, by the way, Brian. Do you miss the nostalgia you had from the first time you played your favorite Halo? Do you miss hanging out with friends, goofing off, and talking about Halo? Do you love wholesome humor and fun? Well, Sacred Icon has all of this and more. I always feel like I'm just hanging out with some friends discussing Halo when I listen to Josh and Brian. And I find I'm looking forward to every piece of new content from these guys. And I'm never disappointed. These guys are just so enjoyable to listen to. Oh, and they have an awesome Discord server if you want to discuss Halo with them and other wholesome Halo fans. So I highly recommend these guys to anyone who loves Halo or just wants a fun podcast to listen to. Oh, and Brian and Josh, 
You said give your hottest take in these comments since you read them. But I've got something else for you. I need to know how you pronounce, and he said this word. And uh, <laughs> he wants, to, okay, I think it's pronounced, you're going to know what I'm saying immediately. I think it's pronounced Worcestershire, but I like to oh. call it Worcestershire because of I, my love I, of Middle Earth. How do you pronounce that word, Brian? I, are you talking about the sauce? Yes. How do you pronounce it? I think pronounce? it's Worcestershire, isn't it? Worcestershire? It was, if it is, it you got me fucked up because I thought I thought that was Worcestershire. <laughs> I thought it was. I've always said it's I call Worcestershire. It, I call yeah. it Worcestershire. See, man, you got us. You got you planted the seeds of doubt. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I, I, I honestly don't know the truth. I, That's what I would say, though. Hang on. How do you pronounce Worcestershire? Oh, she's taking a moment. She doesn't know. She's like this. This guy oh, hurts. She's me like up. on it. Oh, she don't know. She don't know. Okay. Well, anyway, uh, I'll have to check with her after the show. But yeah, I think I, I like to call it Worcestershire because I remember seeing a meme of that too, and everyone was like, "It was the best of shires. It was the Worcestershires." Yeah, I've always <laughs> said Worcestershire sauce. I remember when we were working at High V. I'd even be like, "Oh, got some Worcestershire. Got some Worcestershire sauce." <laughs> Man, doing backstock. I remember that. That sucked. <laughs> Boy, that just took Brian down a dark. Because Backstock was like, here's like 18 crates full of random stuff all mixed together. Uh, try to put some up on the shelf and then get done on time. No, I hate you that. What you had in those crates? Worcestershire sauce. Oh, I was gonna. I was hoping you were gonna say these nuts, Brian. Oh, these nuts. These nuts. If, those, these, if, nuts, if these nuts were in the crate, then I would be in pain. I would be in pain. <laughs> Big old bouncy boys. <laughs> Um, yeah. Oh, Ooh. God. Um. No, I remember one time calling into hy V, the grocery store we worked at, yeah. uh, calling in and saying that, you know, I, I called in and said, you know, I, oh, I, I want to, I want to come to work, but you know, uh, I think I might've like strained a nut or something because my ass <laughs> hurt. Um, and then my boss was like, my boss was like, what? He's like, what do you mean? Like, I'm like, I, it really hurt really bad and I don't want to, I don't want to make it worse. He's like, okay, well, I'll tell you what, you can just come in. And face all night, just face the aisles. And for most of you listening, you're going to know what that is. But facing is just pulling the items to the front of the shelf and making it the label show out. He's like, you can just come in and face all night. That way you don't have to strain yourself. And I was like, okay. So I went in. I didn't have to stock it all that night. I just faced all night. And I remember everybody just giving because he told the whole crew that my balls hurt. That was bogus. Like, yeah. I mean, it's funny wrong. in hindsight. It's a story. So then, but yeah. It's bogus. So people were giving me jokes all day long. And then there's this one guy we worked with named Mike Carruthers who was really, really oh, odd. And he came up to me. <laughs> When I was facing an aisle, and he came up to me, he put his hand out, and he had a bunch of change in his hand. And he says, "We we 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 uh we put this together. We can rebuild you." <laughs> I was like, what? I don't need like a new set of balls or something. Jeez. Oh, but yeah, there's oh, a story for you. Gotta love it. I like how these nuts took us to that. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. There you go. These anyway, thank you, Timberland Bear, for sending that in, buddy. Uh, Man, you have been a blessing, dude. I know, and I know we've we've talked recently, man. That was awesome, and uh, I love you know, I know, Bear. Yeah, I know. There's still those times, those moments where you feel like you know you might be too expressive or too excited or something. But man, we really do love it. Uh, we'll be here to reassure you anytime you need it, man, because um, it means a lot to us. Even just seeing your tweets as you kind of go through these episodes chronologically, uh, it's really cool to hear that, uh, and it's really cool to hear what. Uh, your experiences is listening to them, the things you like and the takeaways, because some things we don't even remember now. So it's really cool to hear those. And it takes us back. And uh, I know I some of them I can't go back and listen to because I'm like, ah, I hate how I sounded or I hate my take mm. here or something like that. And Brian's the same way. But uh, it's it's cool to hear that. It's uh, it's crazy how reassuring. like 
Josh and I were born to podcast. Like, I like doing other things, but this is something I like doing that we were born to do. I'm telling you, like, guys, when we started this episode, we were like, we're going to make sure we get this in an hour and 30 minutes or less because today we want to we want to put a little less time in. But you guys are going to be coming up. I, I'm, we're not done yet, but I'm thinking it's going to look closer it's gonna to two hours. It's going to be two hours, yeah. So, uh, yeah, we just we can't help ourselves sometimes. But, Josh, you ready for the business? Hell, uh, No. Real quick, I got one quick story I got to tell. Hell, about I know. Yeah, I, I just... I, I, I remember. You got another iTunes? Uh, no, but I just had to say real quick, I got to tell this funny story because it's about okay. one person in our community. Shout out to our dude, Bear, Buddy, I, it's... And I didn't tell you this, Brian, so I'm at... Uh, it's two weeks ago, and I'm I'm DMing my Star Wars campaign over at Justin's, and there's four other... There's four players and myself. I'm, I'm the DM, right? Mm-hmm. Fobear posted a video of him getting a no-scope snipe shot on the map Narrows from Halo 3 as he was flying off the lift, off the side. So he goes on yeah. the lift in midair. I think I've seen this one. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was a big clip. Um, and he's like, oh, fuck, you know, he yells that really loud. Well, I liked that video and because it was amazing. Uh, so it was in my liked stuff. Well, I had a video in there of just ambiance that I was using for the Star Wars campaign. Well, it was during a fight, like an encounter in the game that they were going through. And it gets, I didn't realize the video was over and it goes into the next one in the playlist. So randomly goes from this ambiance of Star Wars to this man screaming out loud like he's busting a fatty going, oh, fuck. And it's faux bear. And everyone looks at me and I'm like, it's not, it's not porn. It's my buddy Fobear. And it happened again. And I'm like, it's it's my friend. He got a gray halo kill. It's not what you think. It's not on YouTube. Okay? Like, like, Gosh, was, what's on your phone, man? Yeah, it was it was hilarious. No, it was on my laptop. <laughs> anyway, it was just hilarious. Uh and it I I thought of you, buddy, and I, I meant everybody to, laugh? Yeah, they laughed. They thought it was hilarious because it was Fobear one of those was awkward moments. was at the moments. D&D sesh. Yeah, he was there. Like, if I ever, uh, if I get the audio recording from it sometime, I'll have to take that excerpt out and just put that up or something because it was so funny, man. But anyway, yes, Brian, take us into the business. Shout out to Fobear for putting up those amazing clips and always streaming. All right, guys, I'll try to get through this quick. If you want to leave an iTunes review, go leave five stars and say anything you want. You can ask Josh to do a D's Nuts. You can ask me to do a Hit Me Up With The Sound Of. You can leave a hot take. Put whatever you want as long as it's five stars. We'll love you. If you guys <laughs> want to write in an email or send a voice clip or send a video clip of you playing a match for us to commentate, you can send it to sacrediconpodcast at gmail.com. Um, if you guys want to join our Discord, everyone is welcome to join our Discord. Uh, and we don't have like a vanity URL yet. You have to really do a lot to get a vanity URL, but it's yeah. Sacred Icon. I mean, you can go hit the invite link at the top of our page, or you can message one of us. It's open to everybody. Uh, if you want to follow Josh like on Twitter, tons. nice, very nice. Twice in one episode, Josh. It's illegal. That, that's legal. Uh, <laughs> Uh, if you want to follow Josh, he is Love at you. Jurassic Joshy. If you want to follow me, I am at Brian's Bane. If you want to follow us on Twitter. We are at Sacred Icon Pod, and what else do we have, Josh? Uh, Patreon.com is a place where you can support us monetarily. I've been going through the tiers a couple times in the last episode, so I'm not going to do this this time. We've got a bunch of tiers. You can become a patron for less than, well, actually right at a dollar, as low as a dollar, I should say. Uh, it's you want so to say less than a dollar, but you're like, no, we don't have that plan. No, no, there's no, there's nothing <laughs> we offer you for less than a dollar. Like, you could be a patron for as low as under seventy a uh, dollar, like at seventy five. As low as under a dollar oh one. 
Uh, but yeah, for a dollar, and if you're a do- if you uh, give a dollar or more, you can shout it out on the podcast. There's stuff in there for you. Other tiers there. Check that out if you want to support us uh, monetarily. That's at uh, patreon.com slash sacred icon. But if you don't want to do that, just being here, just listening, just liking, uh, subscribing on YouTube, youtube.com slash sacred icon. A lot of Brian, good stuff there. We have a YouTube? Um, What's that about? Yeah, we got a YouTube. It's got uh, it's got videos that are both original, um, new content. We got videos that are uh, excerpts from the podcast that have got great video content applied to them. We have uh, different um, tracks from Caleb, our, our guy who does our music. We have a playthrough of Combat Evolved. Oh, we have a whole playthrough of me and Josh yeah. playing through Combat Evolved. Lots of good stuff on there. If you guys could go and just, if you, want to, if you don't want to support us monetarily, you can support us that way by subscribing on YouTube, liking videos, uh, following us on Twitter, listening to the podcast. We really appreciate appreciate. We really appreciate you guys being here. Um, I think that's most of it. I feel like I there's one other thing. That's most of it. I think that's. I think that's, <laughs> that's most of it. But we have a we have a little shop on Etsy. It just just type in Sacred Icon. We got some shirts and stuff there. Um, yeah, it's it's great. We got lots of good stuff. But Josh, I think that's it. Are we ready to go into patron yeah, shoutouts? Yeah, man, let's do it. Let's shout. Okay, let's out. go into patron shouts. I know we Buddies got some new people. Friends. I know we got some new people. We got we got a new Sacred Boy even, which is pretty exciting. Oh shit! Uh, Sacred Boy means they're going to be on the podcast with us soon, which is really bang cool. bang. Um, so let's see what we got here. We have our newest is that's the, okay. That's the guy who wrote in the um, the email. I also think yeah 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 he's a patron. Wrote an email. We got him in the Discord. That's Stephen Lasloffy goes by Viper. Um, oh, nice. When I hear Viper, it makes me think of this song. I can't think what the band name is, but I used to listen to it all the time. It was called the song was called Vices Like Vipers, and it was like it was a screaming song. It was like Vices Like Vipers, and then <laughs> yeah, it was a bunch of other stuff. So I just think you're. A really I wonder who cool, heard them that made them write the uh, song. I don't know. I don't know. Um, <laughs> man, I wish I could think of what the band was. I got to look that up after this. But look up the song Vices Like Vipers. That's what I think of when That's I hear okay. from okay. you, dude. I love you. You're, you. You're awesome. You're awesome. Thank you so much for being here. No, hey, hey, yeah. Thank you so much. And you know what? My the, the car I wanted when I was a kid, my dream car was a Dodge Viper. I'm not even a car guy, there you but go. I want a Dodge Viper. So shout out to you, man. <laughs> nice. Hope you got you need one. to get a Dodge Viper and play the song, but it's just like Vipers. There we go. I probably won't play that in the car. But. Josh is like, I don't want to listen to that. Um, <laughs> next, we got Huli Babuli. Will you tie my shoe, Lee? It's Huli. Thank you so Huli much. Huli Babuli, will you tie my shoe, Lee? Huli. Yeah. I like that, it's Brian. Not, That's real it's good. Not as, uh, it's not quite as crazy as. Um, Oh man, I haven't got to it on the sheet yet. Booly babooly. What's the one I always do, Josh? I haven't got to it. Oh, nice. That was like a that was like a Joshy and the Blowfish there. You ain't me. No, no, no. That's like that's like the the easy kids version of the Chris Greco me Gecko Neko. Have you seen my Greco? Chris Greco. Thank you so much for your Do it again right now. Do it again. Chris Greco me Neko Greco. Have you seen my Greco? Chris Greco. Combo. Oh man. God, that's so good. Thank you. Never change your name. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. Uh next we have uh this is Jake. He says to call him when I when I give him a shout. This is our new $50 sacred boy uh on here. He says he just when we make up a nickname for him, go off of his email, which is Hibby. So Hibby. What do we think of when we think of Hibby? Because I, I my, of, my instinct um, is I think of Hermy from Rudolph. Hermy! Remember oh, that shit? Hibby! Yeah, Hibby. It's his, it's his brother, his cooler oh, yeah. brother, Hibby. Hell yeah. Uh, Out there in the North Pole making toys for everyone. Man, yeah, I well, bet you're not, making some not, new Halo ones and shit. Nice. Hibby, best friends with Yukon Cornelius. There we go. <laughs> Yukon! Man, I love that yeah. dude. That beard. I love when he like takes the pig and he's like... <laughs> 
Oh, nope. no, dude. <laughs> it's like, why do you spend a couple seconds like doing that in stop motion? But it was the 60s, you know? Yep. Oh, yep. man. Reminds yep. me of that line. Remember that Cornelius line of fucking uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp? You see Stan Lee, and he's like, well, I lived through the 60s, and now I'm paying for it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thank you, man. I lived through the 60s. Oh, uh, Tim Allen. Josh, give give us the uh, give us the Menadeus song. Menadeus, 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 Menadeus. Oh, 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 Menadeus. Oh, come on, rock me, Menadeus. <laughs> I was just vibing the whole time. <laughs> Brian was, him. dude. He was vibing. He Thank was you vibing so much. Thank you so much, Menadeus. We appreciate you. Next, we got uh, not not the Rock. Because his name was stolen. It's Daruk. Thank you so much. Oh, man. We, we, we think Dwayne Johnson's a really nice guy, but that's the one thing we don't like about him is when he stole your name. Yeah, it's really changed my whole perspective on him. I'm, I'm yep. very fond of you. So thank you so much. <laughs> Next we got, he's a rebel. He's a saint. Shin Rebel. Shin Rebel. That was, from, well, that that was, was good, from, Brian. Uh, that was Green good. Day. Brian was like yeah. screaming from the rooftops, twitching his head all around, <laughs> putting his uh, oh, hand open palm up to his mouth. That was great. How many, how many podcasts do you listen to where for being a $1 patron, they're going to shout you out with a special nickname and, and, and sing you a song? I mean, come on. this is You guys else. deserve it. You know what? You support us, and, and, and you guys deserve to feel that gratitude back. It's a good. It's an equal give and take, we'd like to think. Next we got, he was terrified because it turned to ashes, but then was reborn anew. It's Irish Phoenix. That's so. Of Secrets. I want that story. I want that as a side book. <laughs> I like good. that. Thank you, Irish Phoenix. Next, we got not the cool shark, not the dope shark, the lame shark that's cooler than Yes. The and hey, buddy, I didn't forget when the Haru, or not Haruspis, I'm sorry. Shout out to Haruspis, though, who's been doing some awesome content with Brian up on the YouTube at youtube.com slash sacred icon. But anyway, lame shark, when the episode with Luke went up, he said, I'm going to listen to this episode so hard. So freaking so hard. hard. <laughs> yes. I remember, we, buddy. Yeah, we felt our listener count break. It started to chisel from your how hard you were listening to it. Yeah, he's like, I'm going to say this stuff, so you have to read it off every time you shout me out on the podcast. I didn't Josh, when you're cool and you're on the dance floor, you don't do the dab. You do the dab. Oh, Thank sure. you, the dab. Everyone's doing the dab now. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Next, we got Timberland Bear, the super nice dude who's always writing and stuff. Keep writing it, bro. We love you. Yeah, man. No one stock shelves better than you. You got the whole Night Stock squad. That's, that's what's crazy. I realized lately, guys. I'll just say it real quick. We got like a bunch of us. You got Brent Montana, Mr. Unknown. Um, you, you know, myself, obviously. You got Timberland. And, I feel like I need to go back. It's, we have to go back. <laughs> we have to go back with Timberland. Dude, you're- Do you remember what we said about Kevin Nelson? I don't remember what his nickname Kevin was. Kevin Nelson. Number one pick in the draft. Okay. I I'll can do a little that. bit better than that song-wise, but you know, I got you next That's time, good. buddy. I got you next time. Next, we got the dude <laughs> whose suit is even better than Master Chief because it's got 256 memory, Demon 256. Ooh, so Demon 256. That 256 megabytes. Next, Love we got it. It's not three dog. It's B-Dog. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> was it Galaxy News Radio? Yeah. Oh, I love oh, Fallout man. 3. Yeah. Oh, Next, we got yeah. Eric Milligan, who makes me think of the Mulligans I would pull on my dad in early Madden games. You know what that makes me think of now? Touchdown. Something completely different. Remember Mulligan Man? Remember the water jug delivers? Oh, yeah. Hey, Mulligan yeah, Man! Yeah. Eric yeah, Milligan! And Milligan, Eric Milligan shows up, and he's like, Sup, fuckers! And you're like, Oh, <laughs> shit! You're delivering our water! And he's like, Yes. And I brought an extra controller to play Halo 2. Next, we got the ever so kind... <laughs> And super sweet Natsumi. I'm just moving on from that. (laughs) (laughs) Natsumi. Very, very lovely soul. Beautiful woman. Beautiful woman. Thank you so much, Natsumi. Thank you. Uh, Next, we got Jared Hartley. Uh, Dude just left a really awesome uh, compliment the the other day. I think it was this morning or it was yesterday about how excited to see how much we're going to grow. And he loved the episode with Luke. Thank you so much for that, man. Jared, our Uh, friend from Down Under. One of our many. It helped. 
It's good to have a friend like you, Jared, when we are a super high level in Oblivion and everything gets scaled up and the mud crabs become lurker crabs. Thank you so much, lurker crab. <laughs> Brian, with that inception there, Jared, thank you. Lurker crab, thank you so Next, much. Next, we got the, the, the name that I always laugh when I have to sing it. We got a spaceball rocket ship and now a sprint home. <laughs> Oh, that was so stupid. It was hard to hold back. That the was not stupid. That was lovely. Oh. I love it. Oh, I, man. Thank I, you, Space. When you, said, when you asked me first about going to the patron shout out, shout outs, immediately that popped in my head. I was at work one night, dude, and randomly I hear, I'm a space man rocking up, and whatever the fuck that is, <laughs> I hear that shit in my head. <laughs> dude, oh, it's hilarious. Song by Eminem, if you guys want to hear it. It's got a. I'm good. I don't know. But thank you, man. No. <laughs> I love space, but I'm not going to go for that Eminem song. Yeah, I no, love no. space, though. Thank uh, you, Next space. we got, it's not the large print, it's not the medium print, it's the small print TV, and it's more legible than the rest. Thank you so much. Putting out some media. awesome content. Be sure and check that out, guys. Thank yeah, you so he's much. He's a fly-looking dude. He looks like a dude I want to be friends with. Hell sure. yeah, man. Next we got the awesome supporter and lovely mod, Aaron. Thank you so much, Aaron. Aaron on vacation. Beautiful pictures. Beautiful photographs. Gorgeous. The man who... Brett Favre was jealous of. It's Colton Pittman, the much more successful NFL player. Thank you so much. <laughs> yes. Um, uh, do you know okay. what position he played, Brian? Uh, Frontliner. Eyeliner. <laughs> Back. Wait, wait, let me try again. Back trot. Back trot. <laughs> <laughs> Give me another one. Give me another. Okay, touchdown rebounder. <laughs> what? <laughs> Touchdown! Oh man, I gotta make note of this. Touchdown okay, rebounder. No. Which, oh. What I meant to say was the cuddle corner. Oh my god, I love you, okay, man. No. I love no, you. No, I, don't know. I, don't know. <laughs> I just hope he gets all the home runs. Who is it? Colton Pickman, you said. <laughs> yeah. Colton Thank you, Colton. Pickman, yeah. Thank yeah. you for the last. Um, now our next, our next patron changed their their patron name. Oh, okay. And I have no idea who it is. So we're going to make up a whole new thing for. Oh, him. okay. This is from uh, Yum Catfish. Yum catfish. catfish. Yummy, yummy catfish. Yummy, Josh, yummy catfish. I'll never say. What's that, Yum Brian? catfish, because I hate fish food. So. You hate yeah. fish food? <laughs> I enjoy, like, Long John Silvers and shit. But I don't like hush I puppies. Bet you, I, I bet you do enjoy Long John Silvers. <laughs> I don't know what that means, but that's hilarious. I never ring the bell, though, going out there. Fuck you, Brian. You smug-ass face over there. <laughs> hey, if you ever want to grow up to be a touchdown rebounder, you need to eat healthier. Oh, my God. Uh, uh, see, you guys, Rodan. we love you guys so much. Go ahead. Who's next? I'm yeah. sorry. Rodan, dude. Awesome. Rodan. Just, no, I cannot remember us having Sacred Icon without Rodan. Can't remember I existing can't remember. without Rodan. Man, Josh is making a creepy-ass face. <laughs> it was pretty creepy, but, I, man, I'm... <laughs> We get so hyper at the end of the damn show. If, if Yum Catfish doesn't do it for you, you can butter my waffles. Thank you so much for your support. Butter Rodan, waffles. love you so much. Butter my waffles. You can butter my waffles anytime. That came out wrong, but you know what? I'm just, I'm hungry, so I'm sorry. Next we got Big <laughs> Bold Palm Bear. Thank you so much for your support. Big Bold Palm Bear, dude. Oh, man. Putting that on that D's Nuts tweet I had. He can't keep getting away with it. Yeah. Bro, that made me lose my absolute shit. That was hilarious. Bottoms up and the devil laughs. <laughs> <laughs> I just had to throw that in there. If you guys get that reference, let us know. There's a there's a monster YouTube video where this woman's trying to say that monster energy drink is like Satan's drink and she's dead serious. And after she gives this whole spiel about the monster energy drink, she looks at this guy dead serious and she goes, she she throws the can back with her hand, and she goes, bottoms, bottoms up, up and, and the, the devil, devil laughs. laughs. Gives you something to think about, doesn't it? Like, oh, <laughs> this is stupid. Um, like the kind next of we got cracker barrel. 
the creator. That that's yes, that's thing. true. We got the creator of Sacred Icon Bingo. It's David Wyant. <laughs> oh, I like that, so Brian. Well done. Yes. Well said. Yes. David, love Indeed. you, man. Love you, man. So you know what that means? Since you created Sacred Icon Bingo, now CD Projekt Red will make an entire game based off your board game called Cyber Icon Sacred 2047. Wow. <laughs> real struggle bus there. Real struggle bus. <laughs> that's real struggle. Struggle. Um, Anthony Dorsey, DCAC Outlaw. ACDC Outlaw. Hell yeah, dude. Love that dude. Man, I, I got to, I might see, well, by the time this goes up, I might have seen the new Suicide Squad. So I'm hoping to be able to talk with you and Matt just on, on Twitter and stuff like that and get to talk a bit more now because I've really been dodging those spoilers, man. But dude, thanks so much for the support. Love you, man. You are one of the people that keep DC in my mind constantly. You and Matthew. Scott. Yeah, and in a good way because, man, it's got some good momentum lately. Anyway. Next, we have the Marty O'Donnell and Michael Salvatore of Sacred Icon. It's Caleb Webster. Descending from the ceiling with his butthole web. Thank you so hey much. Hey, guys. <laughs> Putting out that Appreciate amazing you. content. His that music is so... Everyone, every now and then we get a comment man. on his music and they're like, holy shit, is this real? They need to pay him to be at 343. Like... It's good stuff, dude. I know Brian, it's not real, but how are you going to yeah. feel hypothetically if hey uh, if Caleb gets hired to work at three four three? Oh, I've already thought of this. I've already thought of this. Okay, I'd answer. be happy for him. I would too. I'd be happy for him, dude. I'd, be like, I'd say yeah. go do it. I'd be get like, us, we're the ones us, that get featured us a tour, that though, three four three. <laughs> yeah, I'd be like, we're the ones that featured that three four three employees music the first time. You know, Hell it's yeah. just like Luke saying he hung out with Pixel Flare. Pixel Flare worked at three four three now. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. So go for it. Um, next we got Tony trying to dodge them spoilers left, right, and center. Oh, shit. Oh, there one is. He's trying to dodge it. I, I need to say this real quick, man. You put that clip out the, the, I think two weeks ago and that clip was hilarious. I still think about that. I know sometimes you guys send in some really special clips and do some like crazy hijinks with them. We still think about those things, even though they're only on one episode and stuff like that. We still think about that stuff. That stuff is great. We love yeah, it. Yeah, Absolutely. Uh, this morning, Josh, I had some cereal, and it was making me think of the CEO, Nicholas Terry, and had me wishing for some Cody O's. Man, their there business has got to be booming right now, because I'm trying booming. to get on that Cody O cereal. Thanks to Nicholas. Next, we got the sequel to Pixels that's far better than Adam Sandler's outing. It's Pixel Freaks. Thank you so much. <laughs> yes. Also, I'm pretty sure I saw... I, this is really cool, Josh. I was on Spotify, and I searched Sacred Icon, and mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure it was Pixel Freaks has created his own playlist for Sacred Icon, and it shows up as a playlist on there. Really? Like, like a playlist of like random songs or episodes? Like favorite episodes. No, favorite episodes of ours. It's really neat. That's cool. Yeah, it was cool. I'm pretty. If it wasn't Pixel Freaks, then thank you to the other person. But I'm pretty sure it was Pixel, Pixel well, Freaks. We're gonna get Pixel Freaks credit. <laughs> yeah, <very cool. laughs> thank Next, you it's for not that. the That's Jack flattering. of all grunts. It's not the Queen grunt. It's the King grunt. Thanks. Sitting so up on that throne, grunt. no reason to Love step you. off because you were ruling things amazingly. Josh, it sucks that I have been I have been in darkness for like here we go eighty seven hours now. I the, the, it's been blocked out. My skin's getting paler. People are, are, are freaked out that they that when is the sun going to come back? Well, I said as soon as we get a razor over to Aries, <laughs> so we can shave that mustache that blots out the sun. Thank you so much. I, I knew it. I got a hint of it. Ooh, man, that was good. That um, was next, good. we got Alex Diaz. Thank you so much for your support, bro. We Alex, man, such an amazing name. Thank you so much. Next, we got the man that George Lucas had to ap- apologize for. It's Montana Menace. Thank you so Stuck much. Stuck them shelves as well, fellow nice stock mm. friend. Love it. Next is, I got your potatoes. Always reminding us of that classic Halo 2 documentary. Halo 2, behind the scenes documentary. Yeah. Next, Josh, uh, it's a little green man that comes up and steals something and runs away. What's his name? Fucking Ouija? It's, are you talking That's about him? the boy. Oh, my god. That's goodness. Green Plumber right there. Always running out Love there. Love that guy. You are Luigi to me more than Luigi himself. Thank you Agreed. so much. Agreed. Thank you. Um, next, we got 
much bigger than Josh. It's Joshy Big Boy. Joshy Big Boy, number one. I'm number Every time two. Joshy Big Boy shows up, Josh goes, step on me, queen. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I love the fact that, you know, guys, it is so hard to make Brian laugh, but there is every so often that Brian will say something himself that he immediately laughs right afterward. And this was wow, made me seem like a conduct, a fool, asshole. (laughs) I love it, though. I love when you make Uh, yourself laugh because it's so easy for me to laugh, and that shit always kills um, me. Next, we got that. Next, we got the biggest fan of all time, the NASCAR Thunder Queen. Step on me, Queen. Oh, step on me, Senpoi, Joshy, big boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Next, we got the biggest fan of all time of NASCAR Thunder 2003. It's Ryan Barker. Ryan Barker, man. Woogity boogity, let's go racing. There won't be a NASCAR 2004 if we don't stop the banished. That's what. That's why 343 is here, to make sure that NASCAR Thunder 2004 comes out. <laughs> Next, we got Dustin Mandre. Dustin Mandre, fresh to death. When he pops up, people pay attention. Love that guy. Um, next, we got the dude who is a major part of KO Qual Entertainment. It's Anthony Nicolosi with his new game, Agora, that has been recently revealed for the PC and the Xbox. We shared that on our Twitter. We love those guys. Uh, we've been told that the gameplay is a lot of fun. He hasn't revealed gameplay yet, just a little teaser trailer. We're so happy for those dudes. We've known they've been working on this for a while. Finally kind of announced it a bit. Looking forward to buying that. Looking forward to playing it. Definitely check out and follow KO Call Entertainment and check out their game Agora. Yeah, guys, it's set in the Parthenon. I'm sorry if I'm mispronouncing that, buddy. Uh, training simulation players are going to experience visceral physics based challenges while they unravel the mysterious circumstances surrounding their enlistment into the Advanced Technology Corporation Agora. I don't know about you guys. That sounds pretty fucking cool. It was very portal to me with like the mysterious. Yeah, you know? I can't wait to. Yeah, I can't wait to learn more about that. Check that out, guys. It would you be supporting us by supporting them? Checking that out. Also, yeah. I well one said. of my most commonly wore shirts is Ko Koala Entertainment. Absolutely. So you need and to go one get of that. the mugs I drink out of the most, that Ko Koala one he uh, sent for Sacred Icon. There you go. Yeah. Next we got Corey Hanks, who guested on an episode not too long ago. Awesome dude. Corey, man, I, I just pictured you dancing the moment I, I got these nuts out for this episode. <laughs> now, now you, I don't think I'd be dancing if you got these nuts out. Jeez. You know you would, Brian. You've already done that before. Don't pretend like you have. <laughs> Staying alive. Staying alive. I just pictured like the Goofy movie where that where the Bigfoot is doing the little like <laughs> finger. That thing. movie had no right to be as good as it is. But I know. It makes oh no sense. God, it's a dude. classic and it what seems like it should just fuck? be stupid garbage. Yeah. Anyway, thank classic. you, Corey. Um, next we got our buddy, our friend, with a great voice and the amazing cameo on his food truck. It's Preyanchu, our mod. Preyanchu, our amazing. other mod. Yes, we need to put that out there. Well, I, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to leave that to you, Prey, to do that. Wow, that was amazing. That meant so Yes, much. yes. We He paid some homage to us, so he yeah, he should definitely... If he puts that on Twitter or something, we'll retweet it. Yeah. Next uh, we got Brent Onimo. Sent us an amazing email earlier. He's going to be on the podcast. going to be on the show soon. I can't wait to talk to you, dude. Thanks so that much, That setup dude. looks amazing. That little like Combat Evolved like logo thing You're you got. You're great, that bro. Ooh, ooh. And you and your lady ooh. seem to have a great relationship. Yeah, like, those pictures you guys had of you guys moving in was so romantic. The only thing you guys could use in your apartment that you don't currently have is some protein jug. Get that protein, protein jug next to the Cody. Next, we got dropping in from the ceiling with that chili drop pod. It's MH Cosplay. Thank you so much. What kind of chili? Um, it's cheddar chili. Cheddar? Ooh. Cheddar chili. Ooh. Yes. Gives Fuck you extremely bad, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I 
don't even need to say it, but you can imagine. Oh, man. It says, do not consume more than four ounces in one sitting or your ass will blow out. <laughs> Just you go down from the drop pod and then it sends you back up, huh? It sends you right Thank back you, up. Thank you, Mikey. Actually got the genius with this so supportive. Genesis. Big brain so much, bro. Genesis. You've been here for a long Another time. Another friend from down been under. Been supporting us for over a year. Yeah, that's These people, crazy. I need to, man, we, we didn't play the clips this time, but we'll, we'll just mix it up from time to time, whether we're going to shout them out regular or Hell play yeah. these clips. Hell but yeah. Some of these guys, we got those special clips from Caleb. Next, we got Ian Big Dog Mills. Oh! I'm going with the three dog again. Hell yeah, I don't know, but I like it, Brian. I'm vibing with it. It makes yeah. me want to play Fallout 3 again. And we got, we got, we feet. have, we got three different, we got, uh, we have the, the dog. Yeah, yeah, we got two different dogs in here. That's what it is. Dahooks. Um, next yeah, we got, yeah, thank you so much, buddy. We got the spiciest of all meme lords. It's Photon, who also has that dope rap track that we haven't put in this time around. Photon, really I'm so proud of you and everything you're doing. I think it's incredibly admirable, and I think the the content you're putting out, I, I can understand how that feels so good to put out and, and do and everything like that, man. Know that we're pulling for you and we are rooting for you. I I, I think you're inspiring that with that. Yeah, love, love you, buddy. You. We'd hug you if you were around. Um, we wouldn't let next go. Week, what's that? I said we wouldn't oh, let go. Oh, we wouldn't go. let go. Let it go, let Photon go. He has to make memes anyway. <laughs> yeah. uh, oh next, we got KN Nick who says he supports us because we have quality content. Yeah, don't Love forget that to dude. like Thank and you so much. subscribe, KN Nick. To KN Nick, to be specific. Next, we got the man who needs to grow a third and fourth arm to be able to holster all the women who want to be wrapped around him. It's Trevor Polky. Man, he's you gotta, you're going to have to fall in some toxic waste or something like that, buddy, to yeah. make that happen. He's oh, too man. many women, too many problems. <laughs> and then I would want to call you toxic Trevor Polky, but then that would have bad connotations, so I'm not uh, going to do that. But he's really nice. Yeah. He is. He's incredibly Next, nice. Next, we got the Shipleys. The Shipleys. even more entertaining than WandaVision. Oh, yeah. I didn't like WandaVision personally, but the, the Shipleys, love them. I love the recording of, of Dust Storm. I wish we had to play here. Where it's oh, like my crowd God. Cheering. It's like, the shit Dust Storm! And then Dust Storm. Yeah, and the crowd's like pumping him up. I'm picturing that dude like, he's Dust Storm coming out there like the half court getting ready to make that shot for like 10 Gs. Oh, man. He's going to swish Amazing. it because that dude's Amazing. golden. Next, we got the dude who is trying so hard to get to the top, but he's just been sitting there in second place for so long. We love you. Thank you for support. Marcus Glass. Marcus Glass. You know what, man? I got I was at work stocking and I got a little bit of glass from a, a soda bottle and I uh, got it in my hand. You just was, left was, it there. I was bleeding. Hell no, I didn't, Brian. You just know. I'm an adult. <laughs> I went and took that shit out. <laughs> I know. Oh, I just left this there to remind us of our patron. I went and took that shit out and then I thought about the glass that doesn't cause us any pain. You, buddy. Ah, you very make this nice. Feel great. That was good. So thank you. And Josh, the man who's been supporting us for almost two years, our OG patron. The who man who it? saw Justice League and knew it needed more, ladies and gentlemen, right through your front door. It's Matthew Salvatore. Thank you guys so much for your support. And thank you, everyone, for listening to another episode of the Sacred Icon Podcast. We I love mean- you. We love being here. And most importantly, as always, keep it sacred.